Love Talk Radio. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of The Zodiac Lovers. I am your host, Nikki Builder. Uh, we live with Noble and Pooh. Let me see if I can link him into the call. Please forgive me and bear with me just a moment, family. Noble, you there? Wait a minute, hold on. Nick, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Hey, y'all, hold on one second, y'all. We got, I got a phone issue here. Um, wait a minute. Nope. Nikki, you there? There you go. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, cool, 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 man. I got I got disconnected, man, so I ain't no biggie. Uh, so what, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to uh, Zodiac Lovers, man, episode number seven. Um, well, we got to get into this to this Libra frequency, man. I am your host, Ampu, the Urban Guru. This is absolutely one of my favorite topics right here, man. But uh, of course, man, I'm rolling with my partner, man. Go ahead, Nick. Peace, family. It's Mickey Builder. Excited for today's show. I got a feeling that this is going to be a good one, family. But before we jump into that, let us get some announcements from our sponsor, the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Station. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, man, y'all know what I'm going to say. It's it's the same punch, man. Go to myastrologycoach.com. Go to membership tab. Hit that Toel Love Fund. Uh, That's where we pay members' bills, $13 a month. We all pitch in. At the end of the month, we divide it by four. And we just keep on going down the list, and we make that happen. Six years in the making, beautiful thing. Again, myastrologycoach.com, membership, Toel Love Fund. That's where that's at. Also, Vegas, we there. March the 18th, Saturday, we're going to have this powerful workshop, Imagine Prosperity. We're talking $4 million in testimonials. We're talking about, you know, you hear this famous term, law of attraction. You hear mind over matter. You hear the law of cause and effect and what you think you attract to yourself. All of these is very real, but we're going to actually show you the tangible proof um, and, most importantly, the techniques of what we use for ourselves and and people who utilize these techniques to really make it happen uh, to improve the quality of their life, man. That's what we're always looking at. How can we improve any desired condition that we have? So be there, Las Vegas, March the 18th, man. You can get to that, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab, all right? Um, also, what's popping, man? March the 12th. Mark your calendar. That's daylight savings time, so time going to go up that morning. But at 12 noon Eastern, I'm putting on a phenomenal online presentation called um, Cosmic Illusion, dealing with the zodiac signs, but just dealing with, you know, what we think in this reality and how we process is real. Each week I keep telling y'all the infamous ones is the moon phases. It looks like it's big, and all of a sudden it looks like it's small, and all of a sudden she appears again. You can see the right side, but you can't see the left side, and all the stuff that's going on, sunrise and sunset, which is a total farce, but yet it appears to be real. I'm going to give you the hardcore truth for this particular reality, and the importance of this is really – um, it just deepens what we call your cosmic understanding. And once you come to a certain level of the cosmos, it, you, you're talking about getting free, you can get free. And what I mean by that is there's a particular story in the book of Job that talks about, you know, Job goes through this horrible situation where the Lord, the creator, 
sets this dude up and, like, you know, makes a deal with Satan. Like, hey, I need you to go mess with this guy. And the first thing Job does is he, 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 he thrashes his birthday. I curse the day that I was born. This is interesting because Job has seven sons and he has three daughters. And what they're eloquently speaking about is the seven sons represent the seven days of the week. This is why in the scripture it says that each son had a festival for the day, right? Like today is Friday, the day of Venus, okay? But the three daughters would go inside of the seven sons' house, you know, one day a week, and they'd visit the brothers. But the three daughters is something in Hebrew known as the three mother letters, Aleph, Mim, and Shin, these three letters. And the seven sons are not only symbolic for the seven days of the week, but we know the seven days of the week are symbolic for the seven visible planets with the naked eye. Moon day, the day of the moon. Monday, you can see the moon. Sunday, the day of the sun, you can see the sun. Mars is Tuesday, you can see Mars, depending what time of year it is. You can see Venus in the early morning, depending what time of year you can see it at the, at, in the evening. Saturn, Saturn, you can see it. So these seven suns really represent the seven planets, but also in Hebrew is something called the seven double letters. Because these 12 letters, I'm sorry, these seven letters correspond to these seven planets. You feel me? So in Hebrew is very interesting because it has 22 letters. So that means if you got three and you got seven, that's 10. What's the other 12? That's the zodiac signs. You feel me? So the Hebrew is a cosmic language. So anyway, understanding what Job was going through, he those three daughters represent these three elements, and these seven sons representing these planets, they were talking about Job learning the cosmic phenomenon and how his consciousness got past that point where he started to negate the negative influences in his life. Straight up. All right? So listen, the cosmic illusion, myastrologycoach.com, that's coming on at 12, at 12 noon. It's right there. You'll see it under uh, events and webinars. So sign up for that, man, because that's going to be a phenomenal presentation. And um, also mark your calendars for June 24th, a Saturday. We're going to be in Philly. Y'all the first to know, a second to know, but y'all the first to know publicly that um, we're going to be in Philly June 24th, a Saturday. We're hosting our first annual appreciation dinner. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that rock out with us, you know what I mean? We just want to show y'all some love and, and, and give y'all um, give y'all a gift, man. Give We got a few awards, for, a lot of awards for a lot of people. Everybody in our membership is absolutely mandatory. They're going to be in the building. Our whole membership, our whole team going to be in the building. And even if you're not a member of the Toel Love Fund or the Quantum Imaging Membership or the Star Network, it doesn't matter. You're a member in spirit. Come and rock out with us because you're going to see personally in-house the people who we help directly, who we work with every week, every month, back to back to back to back. So you are invited. Stay by your email because I haven't put it on the website yet, but just mark your calendar for that weekend, June 24th, that Saturday. We're going to be in Philadelphia. In fact, we're going to be at the Doubletree, the airport, Doubletree. We're going to be right there for our first annual appreciation dinner. And um, if we don't have your email, that's cool. As soon as you go to myastrologycoach.com, a slider going to pop up and say drop your email off, drop it. Visit our other mother site, theimaginationguru.com. Drop your email off over there as well just to make sure we're in contact with you. And you would know if you're on the email list because every Friday morning 
uh, emails go out to everybody that's on our email list as a reminder for this radio show and upcoming events. So make that happen, and um, that's it for me, man. Awesome. Um, my announcements are the usual family. Um, catch me over at YouTube. Um, Nikki Builder is the page. And then y'all know my day job, right? I design clothes for the woman who makes her own rules. So please be be sure to go and check me out over at Big Cartel. That's Nikki D Nova Collection dot Big Cartel dot com. Um, and y'all can find more info about me over there. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right, man. Hey, I'm opening up today. This is my thing. This is my zone right Let's here. Go to you. Um and before before you get started, let me give let me give a disclaimer. Not disclaimer, but um two things off the top. Um Nick, when it's your turn, I ask that you please share the safe choice with the audience because as a man, when you gave me that game, you you laced my shoes something fierce on that. You know what I mean? So please talk about the safe choice. And um, I want to start by reading a passage um, that says, any quarrel which goes beyond a certain limit and becomes a real emotional, intellectual, or verbal aggression sets in motion negative causes which sooner or later will certainly bring about unfortunate events, illnesses, Mm -hmm. economic problems, obstacles, frustrations, and failures. I'm not going to read the second part because that's going to be next week's show if it's not a part two to this show, but another part is an intelligent couple, because we're talking about Libra, the sign of marriage and relationships. An intelligent couple will take great care not to fall into destructive confrontations which generate demonic offspring who will later keep feeding on their parents' energy. With this type of discord, Fate will often show itself in certain persons' lives in the form of true strokes of bad luck, which are the effects of the negative causes generated by the couple. Mm. So, Damn. with that said... <laughs> That's why you opened yeah, it up today? Oh, no, we've got to go there today. we we got to go there today. Now, let me say this. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give my part one of my dissertation, before we can talk about relationships, especially marriage, as Libra rules this domain, we should discuss the importance of premarital relations slash counseling slash, you know, um, courting, as they will call it in the Nation of Islam in particular. When you understand the cosmic laws of Libra, or to be precise, the western location of the sky where the sun sets as the couple finds themselves so romantically in love under the sunset, directly across from Libra in the west is Aries in the east, the zodiac sign of war and bloodshed. Now, here's the question. Why would God 
make the polar opposite of marriage, which is Libra, war, which is Aries. I'll say it again. Why would God make the polar opposite of your marriage warfare? Why would warfare be the balancing point of your marriage? And hopefully we can get some insight into this riddle in today's dialogue. So again, when we truly understand cosmic law, Libra, the sign of marriage, seeks its balance within the first sign. So this implies that the first, and I want to be clear, emphasis on first thing, all love unions, especially those of our children, the daughters of God in particular, we need to have a conflict because Aries is conflict. This is opposite your relationship. We need to have a conflict resolution plan. I'm not playing with this. I'm serious. See, when I start talking about this, we get real quiet and start running because we don't want to really be conscious like that. So common sense tells us that we will all experience conflicts within a relationship for the most part. But it is truly how we consciously decide to resolve the conflict that points to the quality of the individual's mind and soul. So in our premarital understanding, we absolutely must have a conflict resolution plan because it is the first law of creation, conflict. Aries, we're talking about the polar opposite of the will here. Because, see, this is the thing that cracks me up with relationships. You don't get into them with the intention on breaking up. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't do that. Which means, which means there is an unforeseen event that occurs. This person don't like it and you don't like how you're handling it, and then you say enough is enough, and we can call it irreconcilable differences or violation of the covenant, it's over because of the unforeseen event. Now, since Libra is the sign of justice, which is often symbolized by the woman who was blindfolded holding the scales of justice evenly, she sees no bias. She's coming to a real state of balance. And this is a mental place, but please note, because I want to be clear, we talked about this before too, please note that balance denotes two opposing forces, which really represents a conflict. Balance means me and you are on a seesaw teeter-totter, and if we got the even amount of weight, we can stay in the air evenly. But the fact is, balance really denotes there's a conflict going on. But my little point here is, I want us to understand that we use this term as a blanket statement, right? Got to have balance, got to have balance, right? And what, we, and, and what happens is this can become a crutch because this can prevent us from going to the extreme to reach greatness. But I'm not talking about that kind of balance today. I'm talking about where we ourselves become the true trustee of our relationships. 
Again, you and the, you, meaning you and your lover, become the trustee of your relationship. So let me give an example of what I know to be a very effective, if not the best, conflict resolution plan. Because, again, I'm thinking about my daughter. I'm thinking about your daughters. That's what I'm really thinking about. Because ain't no dude coming for my daughter without them electing someone, whether it's myself or someone who they agree upon, to be a overseer slash custodian slash trustee of their relationship. It's not happening on my watch. So I always say that you need a mediator, um, the, you know, the, the trustee. We're talking about Libra and relationships. This is justice. This is where you go to court. This is the place where they say, hey, I don't like the way this went. You need to pay her X amount of money, or you need to pay him X amount of money, and the child will go over here. In fact, I don't like neither one of y'all. The child's going to foster care. This is all this energy right here based off how you relate to one another. It's real talk. All right? So what do you need to have in place before you get way over here to this extreme? Well, if you can honestly have uh, a person who you both elect to be the trustee. See, I don't want to hear nothing about love, Nick, for real. Like, if, if this ain't in place, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about compatibility and all that stuff. And, you know, and now we're wasting our time because okay. you're not putting the safety parameters in place that's going to keep all of that safe. You know what I'm saying? So you mm-hmm. put a trustee there. Give me, give, me, give me Minister Jew as an example. And if there's a problem and I feel like, you know, um, I'm going to tell you, I think you shouldn't do this. And this is why. This is my gripe. And then the other party says, okay, I hear you, but I'm still going to do it anyway because this is what I want to do. Now, at that time, I concede and say, you know what, go ahead, that's on you. But if I feel strongly about it, I'm going to say, you know what, I think I'm going to have to pick up that that lifeline and make that call because I just strongly disagree. The prime minister weighs in. He may agree with me or disagree with me. But I saw some wisdom here because we didn't have to go back and forth and argue and fight. All All arguing is is you don't see my point. So I'm going to yell at you to try to scream it into your reality and force it down your throat. And then we all know that it can get nasty way after that. Domestic violence is I'm going to beat you into my understanding. That's what that really equates to. I'm going to beat you into my understanding. And that's dangerous, very dangerous. So if we have this in place, we never even had to go there. There was no verbal dispute. I just simply said, hey, I disagree with this one. I feel strongly about it. Let's get on the lawn. Whether it go my way or not, it's okay. I put the safety parameters are there where we don't have to bicker and argue. He don't have to sleep in the other room and sleep on the couch now. It ain't that funky, stale energy that's all up in your, you know, in your space. You know what I'm talking about. That'd be real, very real. That's not there anymore because you put a parameter there. And it also starts to, it also starts to, um, it, it starts to make you grow intellectually. But why not have so much respect and so much love? Since I say I love you, since I say I never hurt you, why not have that parameter there that says, you know what, when this disagreement comes and it's that strong, this is how we will diffuse that situation because now it's not going to even, it's not going to even go to that far extreme. 
It can't go because both of you are consciously aware of it. You see what I'm saying? You're consciously aware of that extreme. So that's just a little example of that. Now, there's some other things that have to be defined here. Um, Give me one second, y'all. Give me a quick second here because I got my grandson here, and I think – I just think I think my people are here to pick him up. Hold on. Give me a, give me a quick second. I apologize there. Um, okay. All right. So um, there's a lot of things to be discussed in this area, such as the um, style of relationship. And what I mean by style is, um, you know, monogamy, polygyny, polygamy, uh, polyandry. Style is what I mean in this particular case. Um, What is this relationship type going to be, right? And then what's the rules of amendment? Can I amend it because I may grow and change my mind along the process? A lot of times we just get into it and we say uh, this is just what it is and we kind of automatically know, but we really don't discuss and say this is the style. This is a lot of stuff. But there's something that's very interesting that takes place here. And one of the things that's interesting is in the Bible with Adam and Eve, it talks about Adam knew his wife. And this is interesting because throughout the Bible they talk about sex. But why did they say he knew his wife? And the word really means to know, to to dig deep and come to an understanding. It was showing you that you must have knowledge about this thing called love and relationships before you really get into it like that. They could have easily said they married and the man had sex with his wife or they just bore a son. But they wanted to put emphasis that he had to know. Very important. Another concept of what we need to understand, too, because opposite Libra is Aries, Aries is blood. We need to understand blood types, Nick. You know why we need to understand blood types? Because Come wait, on. What, what, can, can, can you give me blood if I die and need it? Can, can, can I give you blood? If not, that's okay. But a conscious agreement needs to understand that. But you know what's really deep about that process? Let's just say you A plus blood. I'm B, I'm B negative blood, right? You can't give me blood. I can't give you blood. Now we have a baby. You're pregnant, and the baby has my blood. Your body is actually responding to that baby as an infection. Hello? Yep. So yep. now, now, Thanks. now, <laughs> your body is actually attacking your own child, but you yes. can on, that just with knowledge because the knowledge and consciousness directs the whole thing. The cellular energy says, what do you want me to do? I already, I, it already has an automatic program and will say, baby invader, 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 this is sickness to me, invader, but you can consciously tell your mind and cells to say, wait a minute, this is my divine child. Be easy. We already knew that we got different blood types. Because blood types can change according to consciousness, but they won't tell you that because it ain't nothing more than a frequency. They can change. Hello. I know people who are hot science that can change. It changes. I know people in the blood industry who told me they've seen it change as well. It can change. So your consciousness can direct this, right? So 
Um, so we need to understand that as well. And then we need to understand what I would call the type of union based on the four energy models, right, or the correct way to determine magnetism. What do I, what do I mean by that? And give, excuse me one second, y'all, because i got to let my people in. And now, hey, yo, what's up? Just come on in. They, see, they upstairs, and I'm on, I'm on the radio. All right. Um, hold on one second, y'all. One second. I apologize. Okay, y'all. So the thing is, magnetism can be defined, and we got we got to really get into this because magnetism is that thing that says, "I like you, I find you attractive," right? It's invisible energy, and you in that person, the person can you, but you're talking you're about ability. You breaking right? up, right? Okay, can you hear me now? Yep, you good. Okay, so we talk about magnetism, or we like this person, and we're, we feel this person, but the person is not physically touching you, right? They're not physically touching you. So what do you feel? You feel the invisible vibratory energy that is coming off in the form of a wave from one person to another person. Now, this energy, because it it is energy, we know that all energy has what we will call positive energy and negative energy. So that means, based off the laws of magnetism, just like that car battery I keep referring y'all to, we should be able to accurately define the amount of positive energy and negative energy that exists inside of this invisible wave called attraction. And we have developed the cosmic system to be able to accurately foretell how this works. Now, here's the thing what a lot of people don't think about, and I know it to be true when I discovered it. See, when you, again, go back to the blood types, we only have four, A, B, A, B runs together sometimes, and then you have O. Those are four types right there. But you got four lobes in your brain. You have four chambers in your heart, four fingers, and you live in a reality that deals with the four seasons. And then these four seasons deal with these four cardinal directions. And it's the same in the mythos when they start to give you four archangels. So this whole thing of the four concept deals with you. So there's only four relationship types, just like there are four blood types. And just like four is in your brain, in, in, in your blood, brain, and heart, there can only be four relationship types. What types are they? When you understand the basic components of, wait a minute, a man has masculine and feminine energy, and a woman has feminine and masculine energy. So she has two, he has two. You have to be able to say, okay, well, what's the maximum ways that their energy, because they got two apiece, can interact with one another? And it's a simple equation, and a lot of people be like, 16! I'm like, well, how do you get 16 out of that? He got two and she got two. It's only four, okay? It's, it's her feminine energy to his feminine energy. This is a feminine relationship or a yin relationship represents a relationship that's about 
meditation, prayer is very soft, it's very loving, it's very nurturing, right? It's yin. It's, hold my hand and let's walk in the garden today. Or let's align our chakras today. It's very, very, it's very feminine. I love this energy, my favorite. Then yang is her masculine energy is coalescing with his masculine energy, which represents let's ride a bike, let's wake up, let's work out, let's have great sex, and let's go get this money because yang energy is active. Let's go. We gotta move. Gotta go, 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 go. And then we have yin yang. Her female energy is coalescing with his masculine energy. It's the only thing we know, especially in a heterosexual dominant society, because this matches what we would call um, the physical gender. Oh, you're a woman. You're the moon. I'm the sun. I'm the man. And hey, you know, you're masculine. I'm masculine. You're, I'm masculine is feeding off your feminine, and this is what it is. But that's, that's an energetic expression. And then the last one I call the role reversal, when a woman's masculine energy is coalescing with a man's feminine energy. How do you know this? And I come off of it and, 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 and I come off part one with this. This is how you know. If you look at, for example, if we just say, Nick, tell her she's a cancer. If a man was born with the moon and cancer, the moon, we know without a shadow of a doubt, represents the feminine aspect in the cosmos that has a direct relationship to a woman's reproduction cycle and her menstrual period. Facts. Okay? So the moon shows us or gives us direct insight into a man's psychology of how he views women. Okay? So if he was born with the moon in cancer and he just so happened to be born with the moon directly where Nikki was born with the sun in cancer, these two will have instant magnetism to one another. But it will be Nikki's masculine principle, the sun, coalescing and bouncing off the energetic space of where the moon was. And this is very interesting because these planets ain't there no more, but yet we feel them. It's very, but that's a whole other conversation. But he's, he'd be feeling this energy, and he would think that him being the man, he's feeling her because he can feel this exchange. But the dynamics of the relationship could change to a degree because it's a role reversal where Nikki's son, the masculine principle, can be the active force in the relationship. So what does that look like constructively? Because although there are only four relationship types, each type could be negative or positive. Just like when you look at those blood types, Nick, it'll say A or it can be negative, meaning you don't have the RH factor, or you could be A positive, right? So those types really turn into eight, but at the base they're four. So these relationships of ours, these channels that we have, they could be either negative or they can be positive. A positive role reversal in this scenario that I just gave means Nikki's an entrepreneur. She makes things and clothes and fashion for the women who do their own rules. The man, in a sense, could be nurturing and very supportive of that, okay? He has no problem with her being an entrepreneur. In fact, he's her PR person. In fact, he takes the phone calls. He's actually doing what society teaches us is the feminine role. He's, he, he's her assistant and secretary, but this works perfectly for them. There's no problem. He accepts this, that she just an entrepreneur. She a boss. Go get it. But what's a negative role reversal? A negative role reversal is he's not helping, and he's in the house playing video games all day. And Nick is like, damn, this nigga think I'm his mama? He think it's sweet like that? Like, he just going to live up in here for free and not doing nothing, and I'm doing everything? This nigga better grow up. I ain't this nigga mama. You got me bent. 
And then this nigga's like, what? This bitch over here talking. Like, she my mama. She been watch how she talking to a nigga. That's yeah. how it get. That's a negative yeah. role reversal. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So this yeah. energy can be accurately defined. And I challenge you, all of you that's listening, if you want to know, get at me. I'm at myastrologycoach.com on a consultation tip. This thing is very serious. And let me be clear. You can do this for any type of relationship. I've done this model with me and you just to see. Because we just simply, energy, it don't mean love. It ain't, all love don't mean that it have to be sexual love. So you can run this against right. your children, Thank your you. mama, and everything, right? So I run this energy against my saha, my partner, and I'm like, yo, we got one negative thing, and the rest was all positive. It looked like a check mark. It start up, and then one little dip down, and then the rest is all uphill. But it explains why we rap every day. It explains why we got the same ideas. It explains why... As two brothers from the hood, we got $4 million in testimonials. And just short, just a, I'm going to start counting at 2013 when we ran the first gratitude class. It just explains why we're so productive and successful as a unit. It ain't one of those, you know, I ain't fucking with you, nigga. No, you can't do my radio show. It ain't like that with us. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just not. So this, this, this law can be defined inside of any relationship. And I'll come off the gas on part one with that. Damn. Shit. <laughs> I knew I knew today was gonna be good, but damn noble. Okay. Okay. Um well before I jump in, did I hear you asking me a question earlier? Yes. About lace our shoes on the safe choice. <laughs> okay. Um, so the conversation that uh that Noble is referring to about the safe choice, we were having a conversation about in relationships, um hmm, give me a moment 'cause I'm I'm recalibrating right now. Noble, you, you came heavy today and thank you for that. Um that question is reminding me of some research that I was just doing. So let me let me locate that piece in my notes. So Noble was asking about the safe choice and the conversation, the context of that was in discussing relationships and how sometimes we can choose how we go about choosing our relationships. But before I answer that specific question, I want to backpedal just a little bit. Um earlier in the show Noble was talking about um I'm sorry. Noble was talking about, um, um, you know, we don't, the idea that, and, and I, ha- I have a little bit of issue with that idea. Noble said we don't go into our relationships with the intention of breaking up. I would argue that not at the conscious level we don't. At the subconscious level, I would beg to differ. I believe that we do, depending on our programming, we can, will, and do go into relationships with the intention of breaking up or the intention of the relationship failing. It really depends on the programming. Um, And so what I wanted to speak to was something that Noble brought up in the last show, which was, um, as he called it, this concept of crown down love, right? And so if we do our work, if we do our research and we're patient and we don't jump to sex as the you know the first 
thing that we do in the relationship before we've done our work, before we've done the investigation, before we've gotten to know the individual, you know, beyond their representative, right? Because when we all meet somebody for the first time, what do we do? We put on our representative. You're not going to come out the gate with all of your baggage and all of your drama and all of your failed, you know, life stories and all of these things off the gate. You're going to present a well-composed, nice, neat, tidy representative. That's the person that we lead with, right? And so if we haven't done our work and if we haven't um, put the the relationship in its proper perspective and done things in the proper order, well, then what we end up doing is putting the cart before the horse, which is the wrong way for it to go, right? The horse is supposed to leave the cart. The cart is supposed to leave, you know, be trail, trailing somewhere in the back. So we end up doing this thing ass backwards, right? And so here I am calling myself being clever. I'm like, okay, Noble came out. He, he hit us with the, the crown down love. Well, what's the opposite? It is root up lust, right? That is the opposite direction, and it is the the – the very painful choice that many of us make in seeking out relationships. Now, I'm going to tie this back to Noble's original question about um, making the safe choice, and I said that um, I wanted to relate it back to some research I had been doing and some things that I have in my notes. Y'all see, have y'all, is it just me or y'all noticing that I'm a little bit more organized in my thoughts lately? I'm kind of patting myself on the back over here. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) no, you know, and let me speak to that real quickly before I go off. I'm going to go off on this tangent, but I'm going to bring it back. Um, What occurred to me was, you know, all of these conversations that we're having about relationships, our relationship with others, our relationship with ourselves, right? When we were talking about Virgo, I talked about this idea that our health is the love that we give to ourselves, right? And so our, our, I like to believe at least our our goal here as human beings is to remember to reawaken to our true nature, right? Which is this idea, this concept, this knowing that we are a part of God. We are here co-creating this experience with God, not outside of God, right? And so when we come into this higher consciousness, when we come into this higher understanding of ourselves, that's when we tap into our spirits. That's when we tap into the higher aspect of ourselves. And so the tangent I went off on was, you know, uh, I was saying I'm a little bit more organized in my thoughts lately. In, in my conversation, but what I realized was, and I had been fighting with it for like the past few weeks because for me, I'm I'm always assessing myself, I'm always judging myself like to keep it totally funky with you, and so I'm, I'm always, you know, rating, you know, how I did with different things and, you know, speaking, teaching, this field um, it's, it's not new for me, but it's something that I'm wanting to approach with a different – I want to approach it differently than I have in the past. And the understanding that I came to was this. I can't obsess myself with trying to speak from the things that I personally want to speak from. You know, I want to speak to this. I want to speak to that. Those things are really – 
my ego, right? I want to, I want to, I want to, and and I love to to dig in there with the with the good one liners, right? And if I don't get my zingers in there, I'm like, nah, this shit, I didn't do that good. That's my ego, right? And that that thing will beat me up for an entire week, right? And what I realized was I had to detach myself from that and 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 sink and lean fully into the question of what is it that my spirit would have me to share today. And when I really genuinely lean into that and I ask myself that question and I seek to speak and to teach from that space, the pressure is gone, all of the drama that my ego creates, all of that stuff totally dissipates. And so for me it's it's it's, it's I'm always learning I'm preaching to myself. I'm talking to myself when I talk to y'all, like straight up. And so for me, the application process just deepens the more I have these conversations because it requires me to look at myself a little bit more. Okay, off of my ta- off of my tangent, let me get back um, back on track. So I was talking about um, how this question of the safe choice, right, and bringing that back to this concept of uh, crown down love versus root up lust, right? So when we talk about this concept of making the safe choice, well, let me let me explain that a little bit more. So the conversation that, that Noble and I were having at the time was sometimes as women, as men I'm sure as well, we can make decisions to get into or to pursue a particular relationship for the sake of ultimately stroking our own egos. So I said earlier I was doing some research and I was looking at really the 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 concept of uh, non-attachment, which is a really important concept in most Eastern traditions, whether you're talking about Taoism, whether you're talking about Buddhism, whether you're talking about Hinduism, all of these traditions um, are very heavy on this concept of non-attachment. And it's not funny or coincidental, but Noble was talking earlier about the four blood types, the four lobes of the uh, of the brain, right? So these fours are constantly popping up, right? So we're talking about being on our square, right? When you're talking about being on your square, you're talking about doing your work. These are the things that can coalesce with each other to create various obstacles or various uh, conflicts that we we need to solve the riddle for, right? So Noble was talking about how, you know, we need to be aware of blood types when we're talking about creating children, right? Because if your blood type doesn't match with your partner's blood type and your child takes on that blood type, your body is going to fight that perceived illness called the child that you're trying to grow in your womb, right? So we're talking about these energies um, coalescing with each other in different ways. And so in this um, concept around non-attachment in the Eastern tradition, um, typically it's related to four different types of attachment that we are here to ultimately dissolve as human beings. But here's the really interesting thing about this concept of attachment and how it relates to Noble's question about making the safe choice. So in this attachment, Okay, I'm sorry. Let me back up just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, 
I'm talking about non-attachment, the opposite of this this non-attachment or the the reason we want to get into this space of non-attachment is for the sake of enlightenment, right? And so I tend to prefer the concept or the term enlightenment over the, the term consciousness, right? Because consciousness really has a lot of negative connotations. Conscious people are not necessarily improving the quality of their lives so much as they're improving their consciousness about history and or the past. So they're not necessarily the same thing. So when we start, when we're having these conversations about spirituality, when we're having these conversations every Friday about zodiac lovers and divine love and, you know, divine detachment and divine relationships and all of these divine wonderful things, right, we're talking about enlightenment. And so what is the, the definition of enlightenment? Well, based on Eastern traditions, what they're talking about is our ability to locate bliss beyond the physical plane, right, beyond the innate suffering of the world. Why do we say the innate suffering of the world? Well, we know that we live in a world, a dimension, a reality that is ruled by a thing called duality, right? And if we, so long as we choose to operate within the extremes as opposed to that that middle path, which is often referred to in Eastern traditions, as long as we choose to operate on the extremes, we have no choice, and basically we make the agreement to operate within the confines of conflict. So when we talk about enlightenment, what we're really talking about doing is lightening the burden of life. The innate burden of life is talking about this innate conflict that exists in our reality. Now, whose reality? And I touched on this a little bit last week, and Noble started to speak to it a little bit about this Adam and Eve consciousness, right? The whole story of the Bible is talking about the lineage of Adam and Eve. Well, like I started to speak to last week, Adam and Eve were cursed. So we're talking about the lineage of a consciousness, an inherited, hereditary consciousness of being cursed. Y'all following me? Check? Okay. I'm, I'm pretending somebody said check and I heard it, okay? So moving on. No, you heard it. That's right. About, okay. So now we're talking about wanting to move away from and to lighten our load as human beings, right? Because we get taught in the Christian tradition that we are innately sinful, we are innately bad and negative because of our humanity. Add to that being black and human. Add to that being black and woman and human. We're talking about some very intense conflict, chaos, turmoil that we we believe and have subscribed to meeting, having to experience, okay? So now here we are talking about this conversation of enlightenment. We want to lighten the burden of life. How do we do that? By releasing our attachments. So now back to these these four attachments, that these four spaces of attachment that we have to release ourselves from. Well, what are they? Typically, as human beings, we are attached to a sense of control, right? We want to have power. We are also driven by an attachment to security. We are also attached to 
a, a, a need for completion, and oftentimes that completion is something that we seek outside of ourselves. And that makes sense when we come from the Adam and Eve consciousness because the Adam and Eve consciousness told us that we were bad human beings. So to be bad means that you are inadequate and or you are complete. So oftentimes we come into this life and the programming also tells us your job now is to find what's missing. Oftentimes we are misled into believing that the thing that is missing is a man to complete me, a woman to complete me. And then once I find that person, I'm going to be whole, I'm going to be happy, life is going to be great, I don't have to experience the trauma anymore, everything's going to be wonderful, right? Eh. Noble, Noble mentioned earlier in the show, one of the safeguards, if we want to really get into this conversation about love and finding our divine partnerships, excuse me, excuse me, one of the things that we have to set into place is this, this, this safeguard, right, called our conflict resolution plan. Well, I would say that even before we start thinking about a conflict resolution plan to have somebody as a judge and a mediator between us and our relationships, the very, very first thing that we need to do before we start having having conversation about having relationships with somebody else is investigating our relationship with ourselves. This gets back to the conversation about crown down love, right? So as I said earlier, you know, I made up my my little term with root up lust. Well, why why don't we want to do the root up lust? Well, here's the thing about it, and I was I was talking about this this Eastern concept of non attachment, right? So what happens when we when we do it backwards, right? When we put the cart before the horse, when we do when we talking about loving somebody else before we talking about loving and getting to know ourselves, right, doing this root-up lust thing. Well, here's the thing about that. When we shoot up too quickly, when we shoot up the pleasure pole too quickly, the law of the land says we have to experience the opposite pole equally as fast, right? That's the way these poles work. So, yeah, you can shoot up from, from that root chakra and get the pleasure and get the love and get the lust and it all feels good and wonderful. And, yes, it's going to because it needs a spark to get it going, and that's why it feels good. That spark is called your passion, right? So Noble was talking a little bit earlier about can we identify this attraction, right? And and I'm going to have to guess that he's going to eventually tell us that there are multiple types of attraction. There's the attraction that we feel in the lower chakras, the lust, right? And then there's also a higher attraction. It's that thing that, uh, he ain't even my type all like that, but it is something about him. I am insatiably attracted to this human being. I'm insatiably attracted to this person. It's the thing that we can't put our finger on, right? So there there are a couple different types of attraction, but based on our programming, based on the way we've been encoded, right, also based on our attachments or us wanting to feel attached to a sense of security, we tend to make these decisions based on the lower aspects of these attractions, so um, in, in talking about um, 
this this idea of of the the root up lust, right? So it's it's real good when it starts out. It's 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 fiery. It's passionate. It feels awesome. But the negative aspect of that is that oftentimes those same relationships tend to be over just as quickly as they started because you haven't done the work necessary, right? In Kabbalah, um, um, they refer to it as a short circuit, right? The energy short circuit. So sometimes you can take you can take a bulb or something and, and screw it into a socket, and if the bulb is bad, which means that there's a problem with one of the poles in there, when you plug it in, it might give you some light for like a hot second, and then that that bad boy gonna burn out and it's all bad. You gotta go get you a new light bulb. Well, this is what tends to happen in our relationships when we pursue them from. Uh, the wrong end, if you will, right? So Kabbalah calls it a short circuit. Rarely do these relationships or these unions have the energy necessary to take them up into the higher chakras. Why is that? Mm. Well, generally the relationship is not strong enough to withstand very much, if any, friction at all, Um because it, it moved too it moved too quickly, right? So when we move through the higher chakras, it's about fortifying the foundation, right? So you can if if we do it crown down, you start to do your investigations and you start to do your learning and you you know you kinda start to get this sense because you've learned the individual from their a, a true, honest perspective of the individual. Not we're not working from this uh Representative that they're putting on, right? So if we do it crown down, well, the things that you're gonna to start to find out is, you know, we're gonna start dealing with how they express themselves as a as a person. We're gonna to start to deal first with who they are at their at their heart level, and then we start to deal with everything that's going on below the heart. We start to deal with the sexuality. We start to deal with the passion. We start to deal with the fire, right? But if we deal with those things too quickly. It's a problem because now we're talking about things short-circuiting. So, you know, we, we done dealt with the passion. It felt, it felt good and all of this kind of stuff. And unfortunately, we didn't lend any of that energy into doing the work, right? So now what happens? Somebody outgrows the relationship. Somebody wakes up from the enchantment, right? Because at first, most relationships in the very beginning, they're very enchanting. They're very consuming, right? And all of that tastes and feels good, and we engorge ourselves on that, and now we fat. And when, when it's time to do the work, we don't have the energy necessary to, 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 to make sure that the, 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 the wheel meets the asphalt. Right, because you you got that itis now. You drunk off love. You drunk off that enchantment. No, it, it ain't going nowhere now. Now that secrets have been revealed, right? And then what happens? You know, secrets get revealed, and we start to dig past the the superficial layers of the human being and find out who they really are at the core. But you didn't already got naked, so now you mad, secrets is being revealed, and you finding out, oh, you're not the person I thought that you were, and blah, blah, blah. Well, had you done your work in the first place, and, and I talked about this before, had we done our work in the first place, 
we would have discovered and been able to foresee all of these things from the beginning because we wouldn't we our judgment wouldn't be you know clouded by who I thought you were right and all, and furthermore our judgment wouldn't be clouded by our attachments, right? I talked about it earlier. A lot of times we are looking, when we go go seeking out relationships, we're looking for somebody to fill in our holes. We're looking for somebody to complete us, right? And so that in and of itself is an attachment. I want you to be the ladies, right? I want you to be the father I never had. I want you to be... I want you to make up for all of the bad boyfriends I had in the past. Um, Fellas, I want you to be my mama, right? (laughs) I want you to make up for all of my relationships in the past. I want you to do something to make me feel good. And as soon as you don't do that, now I don't love you anymore. You've, You've betrayed me, right? This relationship isn't going to work because the relationship in the first place was never really about cultivating love, cultivating a relationship. Ultimately, what we end up finding out is that the relationship was really about appeasing our egos, appeasing our attachments. I want you to make me feel safe. I want you to make me feel secure about myself. I want you to make me feel pretty. And as soon as you do something that threatens my sense of security, my sense of loyalty, then now we have a problem and the relationship begins to dissipate. But have we done have we done it the right way the first time? Have we started from the crown and worked our way down with the individual? We would have found out well and, and you should be able to answer these questions about an individual that you call yourself in a relationship. What is this person's life mission? And how can I support that, right? Because we talked about it in Virgo. Love is an action word. Very rarely is love, and and, and I love what Tony Robbins said, once we begin consuming ourselves with what I'm here to get out of this relationship, right, that's your attachment popping up, that's your ego popping up, what am I getting out of the relationship? Now we're measuring. Um, you know, I I called you two times yesterday. You got to call me two times today. And if you don't do that, then you don't love me, right? <laughs> we start measuring. And then we find ourselves angry in these relationships because you are no longer serving me. But we lost. Once we start getting caught up in that bullshit, that's when we know we've lost the true definition of love. And like Noble said earlier, and that's, and see, ooh, 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 Noble, you said so much good stuff. You said so much good stuff, I can't even get to everything. But Noble said it earlier, we have to, we got to grow the fuck up, right? Some people probably got a little bit uncomfortable when Noble said he did, he did the, he did the test on him and you. Love is not all about sexuality. It's not all about sex. If it was, we would be fucking our children, and that's gross. We gotta, right. we gotta really grow up, right? And when we, when we're willing to really do that, then we find out again, love is not about you putting your cup out and telling somebody to fill it up, make me whole, make me complete, make me feel pretty, make me forget about all of those past boyfriends and all of those horrible mistakes I made in the past. If you have not figured it out, why? 
all of those negative relationships popped up in the past, chances are you ain't figured that shit out yet, and you still don't need to be in a relationship now. You still got work to do within and of yourself first. So, again, we have to grow up enough to figure out that love is about what it is that we are here to give. It is not about what we are here to receive. And as long as we are consumed with getting something out of our relationships, whether we're talking about our relationships with our children, right? I was I was ta- having a conversation earlier with, with, with my my housekeeper is incredibly spiritual human being, and I know that to be nothing more than mirror neurons popping off like a mug, and every time she comes, me and her end up having a con- uh, we got we got a download for at least 15, 20 minutes and just talk about these spiritual revelations that we've had over the week since the last time we saw each other. We're constantly having this dialogue. The, 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 the quality of relationship that we attract into our lives is merely a reflection of who we are at the core. Every relationship, and Noble talked about it in, in the, in the um, sketch or the outline for the show this week, some of the questions he was talking about, divine relationships. That's what we're here talking about at Libra. Y'all, I didn't only got like a quarter of ways through one of the pages of notes that I got. But we're talking about divine relationships. And what we have to realize is that every relationship is divine. Every single one of them, whether you label it a bad relationship, whether you label it a good relationship, the whole of our experience here as human beings is to wake up to ourselves, to ourselves, not to the world that's going on outside of us, to wake up to ourselves. So long as we are consumed with outer awakenings, right, putting the cart before the horse. We get consumed in our consciousness, right? I'm so aware of what happened in history. I'm so aware of what's going on now and the evil plot of the they and the man to do something bad to me. That thing is not improving the quality of the life of the individual. When we realize that all relationships are divine, I was driving this woman this this morning. This woman pissed me off because she cut me off. And, and I felt that surge of anger come up in myself. And I said, you know what, Nikki, why are you getting so worked up about a 30-second 30 seconds out of your whole day. I was getting ready to take this thing with me throughout the rest of my day. I was so pissed off about it. And she looked she looked <laughs> me dead in my eye before she did it. So I, I was taking it personally, right? That is my that's a, an example of my attachment. I'm attached to wanting to feel like somebody know I'm in charge of this car and I'm I'm driving my BMW you need to get out of my way. Bullshit. That's my human bullshit popping up. And I thank and I thank this woman for cutting me off after so long, and I worked myself through the conversation. But every relationship <laughs> is divine. She was there just as a mirror to show me. Nah, you still got some work to do. You ain't you ain't as enlightened as you think you are. You ain't as zen. You ain't as peaceful as you think you are. And 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 I, I like to laugh about it, and I, I I I poke fun at myself in that way because I'm having to learn to be a little bit more lighthearted and not. That's one of the four agreements, right? Not to take anything personally. So, in giving, 
and understanding that that's what love is. It's about giving to other people. What we end up finding out is that every single interaction that we have in our lives is a love experience. That lady cutting me off earlier today, that was an opportunity for me to exercise some self-control, some self-love, and also to give some love back to her. Like, yeah, she cut you off. Maybe she was in a rush to somewhere. You know how it is. Give some compassion in this moment. Give some love in this moment, and don't take it personally. If we are able to detach ourselves from our need to have our ego stroked, if we can detach ourselves from that concept and focus first on what we can give to other people, what it is that we can give to the world, that's when we can win. That's when we are truly, genuinely loving. And that's that's the work that's here to be done. Did I answer your question, Noble? Hey, you, hey, you get one of those. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely, but I will say too, because you went you went upstairs, and I, I'm 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 equipped to get to get it. Give us the hood version, a short punch of the safe choice. Straight talk, real talk, girl talk. Take spirit out of it. Take science out of it. What's going on with just this just real talk? Choice. Just real talk. Just real talk. All right. Well, real talk. Yeah, okay. Just real talk. Well, fuck it. Let's do it then. So safe choice. I can definitely relate to the desire to do the safe choice, right? And and sometimes I, I, I hesitate getting too deeply into my own personal life and I, I know that that's I I have to be transparent in having these conversations. Otherwise how y'all gonna relate, how y'all gonna know what it is that I'm talking about, right? Um right. so so safe choice. And I'm trying to figure out how to say this so as not to be offensive to other parties involved, right? But let me let me not consume myself with that and, and, and just say it first, and then, you know, whatever I need to clean up later, I can do that. So talking about the safe choice, you all hear me speak about my partner. Um, my partner is my daughter's father, um, and... He and I have a, a very beautiful, very interesting relationship, right? This is a brother that I've known since, we've known each other since we were 12 years old. Um, and now we are in our early, damn near mid-30s. <laughs> so I, I've known this brother for 20-plus years. And um, he is he is now the, the father of my daughter. And y'all will hear me sort of hesitate a little bit in how to adequately describe our relationship or my relationship to him and and that's because it's just a little difficult to explain he he's not my husband um but we don't have a paper contract with each other but one thing that i always say is a blood contract is stronger than a paper contract any day right we have an entire human being between the two of us and um Dwight is somebody who's been incredibly patient with me. He, he, I'm, I'm about to be in tears over here. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. He, 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 Dwight loved me, and, and I have had the incredible experience. When I think back to, like, my, my past relationships, and I want to share a conversation about 
of another another relationship. There's so much stuff I want to get on today. But I have had the incredible experience of having some men in my life who at 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 this point in the now in my life are incredible allies in my life. And they have seen some ugly sides of me. They've seen some very nasty, ugly bad sides of me, and in spite of that, have still been able to see something in me that I've only been able to see now at this point in my life. And Dwight is, is definitely one of those people. He 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 was able to love me beyond my ugliness. So Noble wants the hood version, hood story. Um, okay, uh, let me just give it raw. Let me just do it. Okay, 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 okay. So we've known each other for 20-plus years. And to me, one of my motivations for pursuing a relationship with my partner initially was I thought he was supposed to be my safe choice. What do I mean by he was supposed to be my safe choice? Well, we had known each other for most, you know, for most of our lives. I knew he was a good guy. I knew that he I, – I, someone pointed out to me that even though I wasn't able to consciously identify it, subconsciously I always knew that he would be the ideal partner to have a child with. For the sake of, and this goes back to, to what I said earlier about I disagree with Noble. I think sometimes we do get into relationships for them to fail. We need to verify our negative beliefs, i.e. subscriptions to life. We need to verify them. And so subconsciously, in my expectation that, because my parents, my parents divorced when I was two, my father remarried a few short years later, um, and uh, while my relationship with my father is mending, it has not always been the best. In my te- in my youth, in my teenage years, I felt abandoned by my father, and so, based on my poor experiences with men in my life, subconsciously I understood and knew that I wanted to avoid as much of that negativity in my adult life as possible. I saw my mother go through some things in my childhood around men being taken advantage of by men, being abused by men, and I wanted to avoid all of that shit. So what did I do? First thing I did was I built up my defense. I built up my exterior, right, this tough wall that as women we tend to build around ourselves, especially as black women, we tend to build this fortress around ourselves to keep the bad guys out. The problem with that fortress is it is actually a jail that we confine ourselves to because in that space, in that consciousness of Defensiveness is ultimately what it is. It's a fear that somebody is seeking to 
betray you. Somebody is seeking to attack you. Somebody is seeking to do something bad to you. So I need to defend myself at all times. It becomes this 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 prison sentence that that we give to ourselves. So we build this fortress around ourselves so that we don't have to experience the hurts, the ailments, the pains, right? So for us as black women, oftentimes that pops up as, you know, smart mouth, can't nobody tell me nothing, you know, the neck rolling, the finger snaps and the whole thing, right? That was the first thing I did. The second thing I did was to... I, I, I sought a partner that I thought would serve, stroke my need to be safe, to be secure, to be cared for, to be pretty, right? I sought out a partner who I thought could service me in those ways, right? So in my mind, you know, well, he's loved me since we were 12 years old. He's never going to do anything bad to me. You know, um, he's a good guy. You know, I don't have to worry about him doing, you know, being the being the fool sitting on the on the couch playing video games while I go off to work. You know, I don't have to worry about any of those things because this is the safe choice. Well, just like in the same conversation where they tell, you know, the, the, in in you know, they talk about how, you know, a lot of times we're running from our childhood experiences. Within that, we are also running from what we believe to be our inevitable trajectory toward becoming either our, to becoming our parents, whether it's our father or whether it's becoming our mothers. And so oftentimes we get so wrapped up in that defense. We get so wrapped up in running from that reality that we actually run directly into it. And this becomes a really interesting concept if we are really willing to sit back and really observe ourselves. I would argue that the reason many times many of us are doing our work backwards, right? We want to be conscious so that we can condemn everybody else who is not conscious. We want to be vegan so we can condemn everybody else who is not vegan. It's because we are actually more consumed, we are more worried about doing other people's work than we are doing our own because that is the painful work to do. When you have to really sit back and observe your nastiness, when you really got a when you really get a chance to pull that veil back and look behind the curtain called your ego, who you really, really, really are when nobody's looking, that work right there is extremely painful. And to avoid that pain, oftentimes what we do as human beings is we obsess, we consume ourselves with what everybody else is doing so that our attention doesn't have to be given to what is actually going on on the inside. So last week when I talked about the vegan Nazis, that was just me being silly. I was being honest at the same time, but I, I said it in a lighthearted way. But, but that is what I was speaking to within that space is 
the danger of falling into any extreme because oftentimes what we're really doing when we consume ourselves with the extremes is we're distracting ourselves. We're distracting ourselves from getting on that middle path. The middle path is the one that requires us to be present in what we're feeling, what we believe, what we subscribe to, and at the same time to be disciplined enough to 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 say, okay, yes, I can allow this, this emotion to arise within me, but I'm not required to react to it. So when we're talking about doing our work, right, a lot of times we're afraid to really dig in and get beyond those surface levels because it, it's painful work. So what's it easier to do? It's easier to worry about why... That person over there is eating meat, or why that person is still a Christian, and how they don't understand that um, the white man gave them Christianity, right? Anytime I see somebody being extremely emotionally connected to the decisions, beliefs, subscriptions of other people, I know. And that's an indicator to me that that person is actually using it as a distraction and ultimately deflecting on doing their own work. So when when we talk about the safe choice and why the safe choice can actually be um, – it can be dangerous. Now, is it necessarily bad? No, it's not necessarily bad. Not when we can def- when we can find the divinity in the experience. But a lot of times we get so broken, we get so deluded in, you know, I want it it to go this way and so now I'm in pain and that hurts me and I got to I got to go sit over here in this corner and lick on my wounds. We consume ourselves with with ego consciousness. We consume ourselves with what I'm not getting out of this experience. And so the danger there in in making that safe choice is actually the safe choice is it's a delusion. And maybe I I didn't finish the conversation in saying this. Here I was busy thinking that I was making the safe choice. I picked somebody who I thought was not going to give me the drama. I picked somebody who I thought was not going to challenge me. I picked somebody who I thought, you know, I could just be in a relationship. I'm going to be so cute. I'm going to be so zen. I'm going to be so this. And, you know, he's just going to put up with me the way that I am. Boy, was I wrong. What I ended up finding out, And the work that I ended up having to do was the very work that I was running from in the first place. So so long story short, that's the danger of making the safe choice. Oftentimes we run ourselves directly into the very thing that we're running away from. There is no such thing as a safe choice. The only safe choice is doing your work becoming present with and aware of yourself because like we talked about before there's a there's a resonance in your heart that resonance from your heart is attracting your life experiences to you it is attracting your relationships to you like i said before this whole experience of humanity 
is to become enlightened, to lighten the negative or dark aspects of our human character. We are here to wake up to remember who we truly are. And the only way to really get to the root of that, the only way to really do that is we got to sift past the junk. We got to sift past our own bullshit. And, and like I said, time and time again, that is a difficult work to do. But as, as painful, as difficult as that work is to do, is proportionately as powerful, as beneficial, as necessary, as mandatory, as needs to be done as that work really is. Just as painful as it is, it is directly proportionate to how necessary it is in our lives. Thank you. I think that was the hood version. Was that it, Noble? Thank you. No, that was good. (laughs) I mean, but thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I mean? And that's that's what's up. Um, Wow, man, I, I got tons of notes, and it dawned on me that, you know, I'll check with you tonight, or you may know now. Uh, maybe tomorrow night, Saturday night, we can get into that prime time hour and kind of do a, a mini part two in a sense to get it out. But go to questions and answers on the Saturday night um, because next week too is is very. It's a these two are definitely related. Libra relationships, and then Scorpio is like I always call it who who you effing who you want to be loving, and it, because now it gets to the sexual part in a sense. So it's a great continuation. Um, so maybe we can we can do something tomorrow night. Um, damn man, so much here. Let me let me let me yeah, let me kind of kick it up yeah. and let, let, let me see let me see where we at on time. All right, we got thirty seven minutes before we got a good hour on the back end. Um, but let me do this here. Uh, damn Nick, subconscious breakups, huh? That's a title. Uh, Crown down loving. God damn, that's a good title right there. Got to do that. Crown down loving. Um, 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 let let me get into some notes that I have here. Um, oh, 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 remember last, what was that, maybe two shows ago, a brother called in and he was talking about the relationship, and then I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I had something that I wanted to say, but it, I totally slipped my mind, it, it, it dawned on me what that was, um, and it deals with crown down loving, where you build the friendship, because remember, we're in the age of Aquarius for the next 2,000 years, so Aquarius is the sign of friendship. And oftentimes I believe we ignore building a friendship and we automatically assume we're friends just because we lovers or, or call ourselves And lovers. just because I like so we you assume and just because I think you're That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're my girl now and you got the key or now we live together. You, Of course you're my friend. I wouldn't be with you if you weren't my friend, but damn it, we ain't really friends. You know what I mean? So um, in that process of friends, it's unique to see, and this is the Aquarian in me, and I know a lot of brothers can't handle this, but I come from a strip club culture where I managed that. I was on the opposite end. Pay me to see the nookie. I, I, I do this for real. Like, pay me to see the nookie, and it's all good for me, right? But I think it's important to be able to, hmm, this is going to get you, share a woman to a degree. Um, and what I mean by that, when, 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 what I mean by that is, I don't mean share quote-unquote, what you would call your woman, I'm saying in the process of dating, in the process of developing a friendship, to know that you have an interest, but you really build it from the crown down and to allow her, because she's single, she can go out with anybody she wants to. The question is, are you open enough to have that dialogue? You know what I'm saying? 
um, and, and to be able to see that and to sit with that feeling and see what that is. I think that's important if you came, if, 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 if you're building it from the crown down from the initial beginning. All right, if you're already in an existing relationship, you're exempt. This has nothing to do with you, okay? All right, so let me get into something here. Let us address the man and woman who are on the path of awakening the soul, the path where every action and idea you contemplate, like this is me for real, for real, every action and idea you contemplate, you take in consideration, is this evolving my soul? What is this doing here? Um, and seeing the divinity, like Nick said, all experience, all relationships are divine, and to be able to see it, truly be able to see it that way so you can get yourself to evolve. We are taught that man is the active force. He's like the light, and the woman is this receptive force like a vessel. Man, in this case, appears to be more of the mental component and woman more of the material component. Thus, we hear words like mother, matter, matrimony, material realm. I'm a material girl. We equate that with woman. But what we have to come into a very thorough understanding and realization is that both man and woman carry both the active and receptive qualities. See, on the physical plane, man is all about physicality. He thinks he's bigger, he's stronger, he, he, you know, that's what he do. He's on the realm of the physical side. So everything that men do in this reality is more of the physical, whereas woman, she's more of an inward side of nature. She's the inner invisible being. Her sexual reproduction organs, in the sense of how they work, are eggs and fallopian tubes and things of that nature, is inner. inner, as man has to enter her, right, and man is the outward expression of life. So in one sense, we get a spiritual concept that man is the light. He's this mental idea. And then the woman is this physical vessel who takes that light and puts physicality to it. But then when we see the dynamics of man and woman, we say, wait a minute, she's she's inwardly built and man is outwardly built. So she's more of the invisible aspect and man is more of the visible aspect. These roles start to interchange with one another is my point. The evolved woman must understand, and I'm speaking from a man's perspective to a degree of, hmm, I don't necessarily project, but I want to share with you what men think, right? So the evolved woman must understand that her words and actions are literally the fertilizer of a man's brain. And we will always see God play out within our cultural expression. I said the woman is the fertilizer of the man's brain. And this is what you will see in culture to see God. This is what a nigga would say. Hey, baby, why don't you come over here and give me some head? You see? See, you think I'm talking about penis head. But in but what, what the man is really referring to is a chemical, hormonal, emotional state that is released in his brain. That's what he's talking about. So, yeah, he wants some oral sex, head, give me some head, right? But what he's really trying to go for is a certain release inside of his mind. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm, and I'm saying that to say a woman must understand that she fertilizes a man's brain, all right? Mm-hmm. A man must have a woman who can fertilize his mind, 
I'm sorry. It's a must. Now, what does this look like? It can look like anything. It's called an agreement. It can look like Bonnie and Clyde robbing banks together. It can look like Beyonce and Jay-Z. It can look like, oh, my favorite, Keisha and Gucci, the Wobsters. It can look like Michelle and Barack. It can look like whatever in the hood, trap star, you know, dope boy, strip girl. It can look like what agreement is because whatever the agreement is, that is the bonding factor of the two. That's all you need. And as long as she, she with it, that's the lifestyle, she's going to fertilize his mind, and they're going to excel in their desired area. All right? Now, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a portion of, the, uh, of, a, of a science that I'm only revealing to the inner peace class because this, this, this stuff is really sacred. We be sitting back and really watching. This stuff is out of control, man. You, you have, man, listen, it, it's just out of control because the way the information age is in Aquarius is an information overload. People dabble with the spiritual sciences as a hobby, but they don't really live this. My biggest, my biggest, my biggest, my biggest blessing with working with Nikki was the question of integration of living this spiritual thing out and walking it out to the T in every area of life. Period. Right. So when we be sent back looking, and I be looking at people who play with this thing because they got nine to fives, you dig, and they get to pick up this stuff on the weekend and play with it. And, and put it to sale for fifteen dollars real quick, and 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 talking about you know you know you you just hating on other people. I don't even want to get into it, but flat out hating on it. We 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 got we got the evidence. This this this, this craziness. We have to understand that this information and this journey is really a sacred journey. But my quote is: the brain is the man's matrix, and he remains intellectually barren until he sees a woman's. Psychic fertilization. Now that don't mean he ain't smart. I don't mean he ain't got no, you know, he ain't got no light. But there's a certain component of this two becoming one, where this light really becomes very, very, let's just say, real. Okay. So I want to read something to you all um, real fast. It says another problem is the disastrous habit some women have of addressing, insulting, or undermining remarks to or about their husbands. Since they are creators in the world of the mind and the word, they are poisoning their husbands' brains with negative seeds, which in time will in fact reduce them in this form of negative witchcraft to the level of tumorous, inhabited, failed, and destroyed creatures. Of course, nature's reaction cannot be held back, and this type of woman soon reaps the same for herself. What she projects through her force brings her equivalent illness, grief, disillusionment, or frustration. One reaps what one sows. How often have we heard a woman complain about her husband saying that he is a failure? a good-for-nothing, a fool, when in fact she is driven by jealousy, hurt pride, or overriding ambition. Such a woman does not know that only, not only is she making success impossible for her husband, she is also accumulating a tremendously negative karma which will sooner or later come down upon her own head. Now, boom! I want to say this. I want to say this. <laughs> Women do not 
understand the nature of how men process emotional abuse. God damn it, I have been a victim of emotional <laughs> abuse in my own life for years. For years. Can I can I interject, for please? Years. Go ahead. Whoa. May I? May you go ahead. Well, <laughs> that was powerful. That was powerful. But what it reminds me of is something that I meant to mention back at cancer. And a couple things pop up for me in in hearing that excerpt. First of all, I heard Minister Louis Farrakhan say, there's no such thing as an ancient woman. If you've ever found an ancient woman, she was made that way by an ancient man. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. Kabbalah talks about this concept that, and Noble and I have, have discussed it a little bit and had some disagreement about it, but we ain't done with that conversation. I, I haven't finished screaming my point to him yet. But uh, <laughs> Kabbalah talks about this concept that the whole purpose of femininity, of, of women here on the planet, is for the correction of men. I really, really like this concept, not from the perspective of feeding my ego as a woman, right? And, and Noble, you done brought up so much shit today. I'm like, damn, we definitely might have to do three shows for Libra. But a, a couple of th- a few different things come up for me in here. This idea that, first of all, we're seeing a transition happen socially right now as far as the the context, the paradigm, the definition, the standards that women are held to in our society. We're seeing this shift happen right now. We're seeing humanity, we're seeing consciousness become aware now and start to dabble with the idea of the divine feminine, right? And so for me, one of the things that I had to recognize within myself, I talked about it before, I came from a a Christian Baptist upbringing from there, I dabbled a little bit with the whole roster concept, but really what really captured my attention was um, Nation of Islam and the offshoot, really, of that, which is the Nation of Gods and Earth sort of five percenters, right? And last week, one of the things that I said in the show was that just as damaging as the concept of a white male god has been to the black community is equally as damaging as the concept of a solely male god has been to the feminine psyche, right? So Mm. what's coming up for me here is a number of different things. We're seeing this shift happen, right? And one of the things we have to guard and be or or, or cautious of now that this shift is happening as, as women is women, if we are going to lead and we are going to be in charge in this new age, we cannot take with us our negative, bad, chaotic experiences in the patriarchal system, right? A lot of us, and I'm seeing it with women now, women are becoming empowered in our society, right? There's there's less of a stigma around sex and sexuality in regards to women having the conversation, right? Um, Amber Rose did the slit walk. There's more conversation now about 
potentially the desire in women to have just as much sex as the boys want to have, right? And so we're seeing this, the conversation be, you know, women are, are coming into wanting to have equal conversations about about women being paid equally in the workforce. And we're talking now about equality and, and elevating women to a higher station than we've been regarded in the past. We have to be very careful not to take our brokenness with us into this newfound leadership. If we take it with us, we are going to make the same folly, the same mistake, the same failure that the boys have made. Fellas, it's not bashing y'all, but let's just be totally transparent and honest. We live in a patriarchal system right now. The world is fucked, okay? It is. Let, let's just be honest. Rape, um, human trafficking, uh, pollution, all of the stuff that's going on globally right now is happening under a patriarchal system. Fellas, yeah, it's some work to be done here, right? If we take this brokenness with us, women, into our newfound role of leadership in this new era, in this new age, we're going to fuck up the world just as much as the boys have, if not more. I would say possibly more because if we're if we're honest, if we're true, if we're doing our math correctly, we know that the unseen is responsible for the seen. In order for the world to be as screwed up as it is now, we as women have to have given permission for it to exist in the first place. That's a whole other conversation. I want to bring my point back around. So Farrakhan said there's no such thing as an ancient woman. If you've seen one, she was made that way by an ancient man. Kabbalah says women by nature, right, because in the Hebrew tradition, in the Judaic system, women do not have to go to church. They don't, they don't need to go. They don't need to study theology and all of this stuff. And why does Kabbalah say that women don't need it? Well, because Kabbalah says that women are already corrected. Now, that gets a little murky and a, and a little suspect, but if you bring it back to what Farrakhan said, then those things become understandable as to why we see, you know, um, less than divine nature out of women these days, right? We but we see women, you know, you know, screwing up. You know, it's it's hard to argue that women are all good and all divine. That's very difficult to argue. But what I what I heard Noble speaking to in what he just said is this back to this concept that in our feminine nature and I, I said it that I missed saying it in cancer. We as women, when we are truly and genuinely connected to our divine nature, when we can do that in that space, we can let go of this need to punish men. We can let go of this need to make sure that, you know, see to it personally that justice is being met out, right? And a lot of times as women, we get obsessed with this concept. You know, I've been hurt in the past. I've had a man break my heart before. You know, now I'm on some niggas ain't shit, and I want to see to it. That And, and Noble and spoke to it in the, in the excerpt that he just read, right? We began to create this conflict and this drama in our lives. That's because we have not realized, we have not accepted our true nature, our true role, our true authority and power as women. 
I, when I really sat back and looked behind that curtain and got real honest with myself about what was happening in my life, I got to a point in my life where I was fed up enough with my relationship, with my own shit, that I finally had to say, you know what? I am the common denominator in all of these experiences. So it may have felt good. It may have been gratifying for me to deflect all of this time. That nigga wasn't shit. He ain't cool. Da da da. That's why he fucked up. And da da da. I did him a favor by being with him. All of this different shit that I had going on in my head. When I really stepped back and set that all of that drama to the side, what I really figured out was. I was far more powerful than I had ever recognized or noticed. The trauma that I was experiencing in, in my life was the creation of my own belief system. I was, I've been reading this book, You Can Heal Your Own Life, Louise Hayes. In that book, she talks about how and she talks about how dis-ease pops up in the body. A lot of women, we live in a society now where women are very, um, very pl much plagued by feminine dis-ease, dis-ease that arises from our, our, our female organs. The cause of that is our own personal subscription to the idea that we are bad, that we are lower, that we are unholy because of our femininity. In that space, again, I talked about how we'll start to build up these these barriers around ourselves to keep ourselves protected. And in our pain and in our hurting, what we tend to do is we want to be – I, I want to – Fuck karma getting that person or, or making sure that person gets their just due. I'm going to go see to it personally, right? We don't recognize how powerful we are. So we invest our energy into that, that which we invest and give our attention to is what we give rise to, and we're trying to figure out why we got so much drama going on in our lives. The reason is because you, had to, you were so busy consuming yourself with drama, so that you can make sure that somebody else got they just do and they knew that what they did to you was wrong and they knew you ain't going to stand for it no more and you and all of your defense mechanisms were so busy popping up and needing to be justified that you could not sit back for a moment in your womanness, in your divine femininity. We have got to know as women, this is that cancer thing, we have got to know that we are innately and divinely protected because we are the, the, the physical manifestation of God here on the planet. Like it or not, sisters, any drama, any trauma that you see arising, popping up in your life is because you gave permission for it to exist. I'm going to jump off it with that, Noble. I'm sorry that I just stole the bike nah, on you. But I, no, I no, no, had no, no, to no, no, speak to that because at, that was a piece that I had been meaning to touch on, and you brought it right out right there. We got to get clear mm -hmm. with that. We got to get clear with how powerful we really are. We have to be clear that we are the ones growing 
the, we, we are growing these men. We are growing these households. And it's not just from the perspective of you somebody's mama so you get to raise a man. No, it's not just that. In Kabbalah, it talks about this idea that the light is in na- its nature is to be scattered until a vessel shows up to collect that light, give it shape, give it form, give it a mission, give it a goal. Without that, yes, it is the nature of these men to be chaotic. Give them a purpose. Give them a trajectory. Give them a goal. And I promise you they will show out on your behalf. Like I said before, I'm talking from experience. I've, I've been on the other side of it, serving myself, counting what it is that I'm getting out of the relationship. What is he serving me? Is he protecting me? Is he making sure that I feel pretty? Is he making sure that I feel secure? Is he making sure that I feel like he's loyal? Fuck all of that. If you busy yourself in getting caught up in counting what you're getting, you're going to be miserable. But the, I, I promise you, and, and a lot of us, we say to ourselves, no, but it can't, it can't work like that. He fucked up, so I got to make sure he know he fucked up. I got to make sure he get punished. No. I promise you. From experience, I know this to be true from a fact. I have seen a relationship go from complete chaos and simply from me changing my mind about what needed to happen in that relationship. And Noble is absolutely right. As women, sometimes we get so caught up in in, in the anger and and we want to make sure that you know that I'm mad and I got to make sure that you get your just due. We get so caught up in that. We get so caught up in the pain. We get so caught up in the anger that we end up punishing. We don't realize it, but we're punishing ourselves. But, sister, I I, I promise y'all, if you can just change your mind and get refocused on why do we start this relationship, what is the goal here, right? Me and my partner, we, we went through hell, hell, all capital letters, because our our true personalities, our true natures, our true identities as human beings, we got to see that ugliness, and neither one of us likes that shit. Right. And so we got so caught up in trying to fight that and trying to correct each other and trying to make sure that we was getting our needs service and trying to do all of our BS within that. And I, I just got... And I, I just got done saying this to him the other day, and I had written him this long letter. And I said in that letter, I said, I am absolutely convinced if we can solve this riddle, if we can put our weapons down for just a moment, if we can solve this riddle, if we can, if we can find the middle path here, we are going to find our superpowers. We're going to find them. And at that moment, I made the decision that regardless of whatever decision he makes about whether he want to get on this page with me or not, I personally am going to change my mind 
about the direction I'm headed in this relationship. I'm done with the justifications. I'm done with trying to punish him. I'm done with trying to force him into being and sitting inside of my neat, perfect little box. I'm done with that. Love, true love, is not necessarily about the sex. The sex is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. What's that rainbow? That's your chakras. And if you do it right, the pot of gold is is at the end of the rainbow because it's the treat after you've done all of your work. You've done, you've gone through all of the higher chakras and brought yourself down to the root chakra. Now it's time to have some fun. But when we do it in reverse, we are seeking to, to gain something. We are seeking to have some need field. That is a recipe for disaster. When we can transition ourselves and say, you know what, I'm here to give something. I'm here to cultivate something. And we can step outside of our own selves, our own needs, and we can just be present to give, to be like God, right? Because that's what God does. God is the giver of the light. That's what we're talking about here in houses 7 through 12, our outer life, the love that we share with others, how we choose to share and bestow our light on others. That is the conversation for the rest of these Zodiac Lovers episodes. That's when we grow. That's when life gets real delicious. Facts, man. Facts, man. What, what, what we had on time? <laughs> Ooh, you spazzing out, man. Uh, we got 10 minutes, but listen, anybody on the online portion, because I, I, this is going to exceed that in a little bit, but any, if you're online, um, probably call in, because in 10 minutes it's just going to strictly go to an online segment. Um, so 818-369-0368. Again, if you're on the computer only, See if you can call in, not check us in the archives, but you want to call 818-369-0368. Again, man, we in Vegas, uh, March the 18th, man, doing this Imagine Prosperity workshop. We just talking numbers. We talking facts. We talking techniques. We talking about how to improve the quality of your life. So we in Las Vegas, man. Check out the data. You can go to myastrologycoach.com, click on events. That's right there, all right? Also, mark your calendars for um, the 12th of March. I'm doing the Cosmic Illusion, all right, which is an online webinar that's going to be phenomenal. You will see that right there on myastrologycoach.com. Click on events and hit webinars. You will see it. That's Friday, March the 12th at 12 noon Eastern. And then mark your calendars for Saturday, June the 24th. It's not on the site, but put it on your calendar. We're doing our first annual appreciation dinner in Philadelphia, um, that Saturday from 4 to 9 at the Double Tree. all right? And if you're not a member, because all our members are going to be there, so you can dialogue and you get to see the results and just positivity. We're handing out a lot of awards of appreciation. But even if you're not a member, you're a member in spirit, come anyway because, you know, it's going to be a very warm, loving environment and you need to see progress. And that's what it's about, dealing with consciousness. It should be about being able to accurately measure progress, success, and not just keep it in the realm of pure rhetoric of 
they doing this, this is happening, this is that one, or chakras, chakras, chakras. Okay, how do you implement this and have a track record? And that's what we have, all right? So mark your calendar for that. Yeah, if we don't have your email, go to myastrologycoach.com, drop your email off as soon as it pop up, or visit the mother site, theimaginationguru.com, click on the membership tab, the quantum imaging membership, phenomenal, phenomenal membership that's getting numbers, that's, that's really showing you the power of your mind with the prime minister. You can drop your email off over there as well so you can stay abreast with us. Um, Nikki, give them the site, and I'm going to hit these few points, and then we'll open up the lines. Okay. Um, y'all make sure y'all email us because we love the feedback so much. We love to answer your questions. So y'all make sure y'all email Noble and I at thezodiaclovers at gmail.com. Um, hit us back. Give us Give us some feedback. Give us some thoughts, um, questions. Like I said, we, we love to answer your questions. We love to get the feedback. So make sure y'all hit us up over there. Um, <clears throat> as far as me, y'all can find me on YouTube, Nikki Builder. Um, also, check out my day job, NikkiDNovaCollection.BigCartel.com. Um, and, uh, yeah. That's what it is. All right. So let, let me hit these, two little, these quick little points, and then we go to the lines. If you have a question, Press 1. If you have a question, go ahead and press 1 right now. Again, last call for my people online. You may want to listen in as we go into overtime, but you have to call in. 818-369-0368. So um, I was on a tangent about men and emotional abuse, and I, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm deal with that later. But just know men process issues much differently than women. Um, um, just know that, and I'll deal with that later. Um, earlier I talked about how the dynamic of energy, male-female energy, is interchangeable. A lot of times we, we live in a society where we, we, we say the heart is feminine, and the brain, men think what they brains. They don't think what they heart. They're not compassionate, loving beings and things of that nature. But if you look at the function of the heart, the function is actually a masculine component because it is the it is it is it is it is what is producing the lifeline called a pulse. The initial spark of light is talking about the what's known as the sa sa node inside of your heart that's making uh, a reaction to create light, which is the pulse. Okay. And the brain receives this encoded information, this vibratory frequency, this wave of energy, and says, okay, well, this is what you need. You need temperature control. You need to jump down. Okay, you need more saliva. Okay, right? So the brain is really feminine. But this is where the energies become interchangeable because consciously you could start to program your subconscious mind, and one of the functions of doing that is, Slow down your breath. Consciously, I want you to take a deeper breath and just relax and breathe in a little differently, a little deeper, and then let it out. So you start to change the heart rhythm. So since you consciously did that with your mind, your brain becomes the masculine component, such as I'm about to get up and walk around. That's an action. That's masculine, right? And then the heart receives that information and says, oh, okay, so you want to slow down? Okay, well, let my let the heartbeat and the heart itself slow down. Oh, you want to go to sleep? Okay, I'll slow down totally, and then I'll just go to 
I don't know, 40 beats per minute versus my regular 60 beats per minute. So the energies of male and female is inside of you, and these energies are interchangeable. I just wanted to show you that, okay? Now, um, I'm going to hit you up with another quote and two little bullet points. I ain't going to build on them, but we, we, and we go to the lines. Um, a man can only learn the mysteries of nature when he comes to a full understanding of the feminine soul, okay? Then they go on to say, a woman needs a man to raise her to heaven of the spirit, for he is the spiritual energy which comes from heaven to earth. There is no heaven for woman without man. For man, there is no wisdom or paradise, that golden rain, the golden pot under the rainbow. There is no paradise without a woman, all right? It said this concept will, of course, lack all meaning for unawakened couples or those who seek only the momentary pleasures of the body at the expense of the soul. It then goes mm-hmm. on to say a woman reaches her maximum cosmic fulfillment in giving her soul to the man, a goal she unwittingly pursues all of her life. In fact, this advanced couple the woman must give her soul to the man to receive from him, in turn, the fire of heaven, his spiritual viral power. This exchange will lead them to a relationship impossible to describe to non-initiates as it takes the woman to heaven and allows the man to penetrate the mysteries of nature. Every woman, whether she is an adept master or not, intimately desires to find a man worthy of giving her soul to, but she very rarely finds him. I'll say this, my last two points. In relationships, you need to develop a sacred space. I don't care if it's the living room. I don't care if it's a corner. I don't care if it's a garage. I don't care what it is. This is your holy Mecca right here. This is your Jerusalem. This is where you say, I don't wear shoes. Shouldn't wear shoes in the house anyway. It's kind of nasty when you think of what's out there. But you don't wear shoes in this space. In fact, you wash your hands and you wash your face. And in, in, in Islam, it's called wudu. You, you cleanse yourself before you enter the sacred space of prayer, whether you have incense or whatever you have. You purify this particular sacred space because both of you are consciously aware that you both love God and you both believe in God, so you say. So, therefore, God is now the center of this relationship, and God is in this desire, this, this desire sacred space of ours. So, guess what? Not only do we go here to recharge ourselves and have great conversation and relax and talk, we also enter this sacred space when we have to talk about that conflict that may arise. Because if I'm mad at you, I'm about to go wash my face and I'm about to go wash my hands that water is actually starting to shift my aura. That's what water do. Go cleanse yourself. It shifts your energy. So I'm literally about to go wash off some of this anger to a degree, right? But I know that I am coming into this sacred space with the intention on putting God in as the middle pillar that exists between you and I. Now, you're bogus, and this is the perfect way to check your ego. I ain't about to wash my hands. I'm about to let her know how I feel. She's been getting on my motherfucking nerve. I ain't washing my hands right now. I'm about to let her, and I'm about to go in here, and I'm about to, I'm about to yell at her, too, because that's just how I feel. You know what I'm saying? See, you see, the space wasn't designed for that. 
you have to start designing things in your life that is going to take the sting out of the ego. In other words, don't allow that energy to surface by creating this holy sanctuary, all right? My last thing is, um, um, well, two things. Well, I can't wait to the, the next show in a sense, uh, Scorpio, because we're going to get into women in this whole sexuality, uh, how the vibratory frequency of the first man that you had sex with has left the imprint inside of you and every man thereafter to a degree has to either contend, always has to contend with that, but that started to set the blueprint for your intimate sex life. Oh, I can't wait to get into that. But the rib inside of the Bible, because remember, man and woman are not made, they're not made the same. And we obviously, we got biological difference. But what they were trying to get us to understand is some deep, deep stuff here, man. You have to understand the rib and what that is talking about. And I'll give you just one example because this information goes to the inner peace students as we advance, all right? I'm going to give you one example because Nick said something that, that the minister Farrakhan said about if you find an ain't-nothing woman because it was an ain't-nothing man. And that's why I made the comment about, well, you have to make sure you got good quality, you know, beef going up inside you because then that, that starts to set the tone for some other things. For the, for, the, for the men that's coming in your life. But not only that, see, another definition for the word red, I mean the exact same word, means misfortune. Now, I said, damn it, I got to get up. That's one of those ones yesterday I was pacing. And I said, why would they encode a principle? Because everything in Hebrew deals with principles. It ain't about the word. It's, it's the principle that it's getting to to get you to, to get to a deeper understanding. Why would God create woman from the aspect of man that is misfortunate? So what Nick just said is absolutely correct, which now further that what we call in Kabbalah that the woman don't need correction, which the Western woman you need some work. Believe that, like Nick said, yeah, there, there's some work to be done. <laughs> Understand that. We're going to talk some more about that. Don't worry, ladies. That's right. It's a a concept that is there that they're ultimately talking about. And I just want to show you something here that, listen, man, they was dealing with something that the misfortunes of man is easily projected onto the woman. And just a little bit of insight, women, see, there's a reason why you – do this makeup thing and this hair and this perfume and this long process of transformation before you step outside and you know men are looking, women are affected by the mere looks of men because looking is energy. It's called the the eye. That's why you don't like nobody looking at you. Like, what you looking at? And the exercise you can do is next time you at the movies, stare at the person in front of you, stare at the back of their neck and try to make them turn around or put their hand on them. And if you're good enough, you watch them make a little, make a movement. And like, you know, like, like scratch their neck or something because you can feel when somebody is looking at you. And you see it in the street all the time. It's called, what you looking at? Why are you staring at me? As if, you know, you can feel it, all right? So um, with that, Nick, you want to say something else before we go to the lawns? I'll be on here talking all day. Are we going to do uh, yeah, a second so and I think we have to. Want to do tomorrow night? Huh? 
Nine o'clock tomorrow night. Nine o'clock. Um, ooh, I, Six p.m. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll okay, get on so it all right, offline. We figured it. Okay, we figured. We figured it out. All right, man. You know, you, you know who we got weighing in. The only caller. The only caller right now is caller from the seven seven three six four zero. What's happening? comment on, because y'all said a whole bunch of shit, man. But, um, you know, when it comes to some of them, and no one noticed, I didn't spoke to him about this before. Some of them principles that them boys in the Kabbalah be dropping, I don't be agreeing with all that, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. 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 What specifically are you talking about, Minister Jew? I don't be agreeing, man. You know, See, when they, be, when they get into all that, a man ain't this and a woman ain't this and she needs this. Like, uh, See, look, see, when you really, really delve into these scriptures, which they're really getting their commentary from in order to have mm-hmm. a conversation, right? When you know these, are, they're talking about states of awareness in each individual, it's a, it becomes an entirely different way to interpret what's actually being communicated. So when they're looking at these stories between men and women in in the holy text, and then they take it out and then try to make an interpretation based upon the external existence of man and woman and not looking at it as an internal process of consciousness, based upon the the way that they're interpreting what they're reading. So, you know, that's just just my spiel on it because especially what did Noble say – uh, giving form to see everybody got a conscious and a subconscious mind, and when a mm-hmm. when a per, see when a person becomes aware of what they're depositing in their subconscious mind, or what they're injecting into their subconscious mind, or what they're laying into their subconscious mind, all of these terminologies can be um, uh, overlaid with the sexual act of man and woman. Then you start to understand that. Hold on. When, I, when that part of my being is pristine, when that part of my being is being worked on consciously, then the external things around me, including my relationships, start to alter and change. Now, when we're looking at Libra, when we're looking at Libra, that, that this is the seventh station in the Zodiac. So where, do, where, where is the support coming from, right? You've got Gemini on the prime, right? Right, but then you got Gemini making a sextile to Aries as well. So we, I'm looking right. at a space, a location in space that's lending to support to what is supposed to be an opposition, right? So this takes me back to something that me and Apu created years ago. Damn it, it's called Intelligent Emotions Workshop. You're not going to be able to get around that as much as you try to tiptoe and dance around all these different principles. Listen. If you're not intelligently engaging a situation, as pr- primarily in a relationship, and this takes both parties to be responsible enough to understand that we're having a disagreement, right? And once you put reason and logic in the face of any prejudice or any fallacy, usually it cannot stand up to it. Once you start to peel the layers back, right? So it is, see, listen, we say all the time. Right, a, a woman's more feminine 
right? She's more emotional. The man's more logical, right? And then we fall into these subcategories, and then we, we, we verify that and say, well, it's okay. But let me tell you something. The closest planet to the sun is goddamn Mercury. We cannot take that for granted. Now, the moon is the closest body to the earth. So naturally, when we're dealing with earthly things, emotion usually drives the situation here. We see it all the time in the news, in our personal lives. But when it comes to on a soul level, on a soul level, you're going to have to intellectually figure out your situations and problems. Because you know what happens? Let's just keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Usually, a woman gets a man to respond Emotionally when they have a Disagreement right Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. usually after that Response right Or let's say he doesn't respond Right and then they have a brief Separation or a long separation Usually she starts to backtrack And look at the situation logically In which in the moment she was Looking at it emotionally and then you'll get To the situation where you have these conversations Now as Nikki stated when I Look back on it this is some of the Things I could have did different but in that moment, you're so wrapped around this concept of, oh, I'm a woman, I should be thinking emotionally or feeling emotionally. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with emotion. But like in the membership, I teach people how to use those structures to create the phenomenon of their life that they would like to experience. And I don't think anybody goes into a relationship. See, this is why I said intelligent emotions. Nobody goes into a relationship looking to get out of it. That's all, and if you're doing doing that, if you are doing that, it's only because you already had a hiccup. So that's not your original natural reason for wanting to go into a relationship. You have exhibited a problem already. That's dysfunctional thinking. So now we know that we're not dealing with a cause anymore. Where anything after that is now an effect. Now I'm looking for drama. Now I'm looking for trouble. That's an effect. That's not a cause. Because if you if you were, if you were your first initial relationship, you wouldn't have went in looking for it, right? So everything that comes behind that, if it is the temperament that you're going with into a relationship, that's a that you have you have a mental situation going on that has to be addressed, right? So so we have to we have to listen, we have to sit down and we have to really analyze this thing for what it is, man. It's it, uh, because if we don't. These things will always continue to happen. We're looking at Libra. We're looking at where the sun sets. This is the, as Paul always says, this is the lover's zone, right? Right? And see, you, you mentioned something, Gabriel. You said this lady is blindfolded, right? Mm-hmm. She's blindfolded, and she's holding these scales, right? And on these scales, just like when you're in a courtroom, Right? You got defense attorney, right? You got prosecution, etc. They're laying evidence, right? These people are critically thinking about what it is that they're presenting here. And they're trying to tip the scale. So here we got, here we got intellect, right? Libra being the air sign, right? So we can't, there's no way we can disregard the intellectual apparatus of relationships. We cannot. If, we, if we're going to use, if we're going to use cosmic law and say we're using, cos- we cannot. So we got these people in this courtroom dropping off these evidences or exhibits, right? Which is all of their mental faculties working to try to sway somebody in a dialogue called cross examination, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Talking Mercury, right? And so the judge is supposed to be the one wearing the blindfold, or the woman is the one wearing the blindfold. 
right? Mm-hmm. So when we look at this, what what is this really really saying here? What is this? What what is trying to be conveyed here? And this is when we take it back to everybody on an individual level. Bump the, that's my man, that's my woman, that's my husband, that's my wife. Let's look at it from a psychological level because the ascendant or Aries or the first place is dealing with psychology, mm-hmm. right, which is completely opposite relationships. But we have to find a balance here, right? So the subconscious mind, see, people get all out of bitch, out of shape. When they say, oh, in the scripture it says, oh, a woman is supposed to learn in silence and she shouldn't speak. So you're looking at it from an external point of view. They're actually talking about the subconscious mind. All she does or all it does is take in data blindly from the conscious mind. The conscious mind is the one feeding all the data. So what they're really talking about over here in Libra is what intellect are you feeding this blind woman? Because she's going to give you exactly what you give her. Whether it's outweighed on one side or lesser weight on the other. And then you wonder why in the scripture it says God has no respect of persons. This is what they're trying to say. Whatever you're giving your subconscious mind, you're going to create externally, regardless of who the fuck you is. Excuse my language. But that's just how it goes. You're going to reap what you sow based upon what you give your internal being, the internal man, you see. So once we understand, and then, then look, right, because we say, oh, my karma came back on me, right? But we know that Saturn is exalted over there in that particular station, which is Very true. Word, karma, lesson. So, yeah, you, you are getting back whatever you put in the box, good, bad, or indifferent. That's why the subconscious mind is blindfolded. I don't care who you are, what you think, I'm going to give you exactly what you give me. Hmm. I'm going to give you exactly what you give me, regardless of what you look like, what you think you look like, whatever you drop down over in here, that's what I'm going to give you back. I'm a flower for you. That's what you're going to get. So we can't can't run from that, man. We We cannot run from that. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and then... um. And then when we, when we look at the ruler of Libra, we understand that this is Venus. But then Venus got an exaltation over in Pisces where it's dealing with the unseen, where it's dealing with spiritual right. principles. Where, so right. now what is this telling me? If my relationship on some level has to be dealing with some type of spiritual union, we have to be bonding on some type of spiritual principles together, right, if we're going to be able to survive this thing. But see, what happens is people get hurt, right? And then, for whatever reason, it takes too much out of them to to go that route. You know what I mean? Uh. And, and, you know, so, it, it, hey, listen, man, it, listen. And this is why you need a teacher, too. Like, I got to put that on the record because Gemini is the teacher, right? You need a teacher because what happens is, and I wrote, I wrote this last week, usually when you don't have a good teacher around, you end up going through life, and your lessons end up being harsh ones because nobody told you how consciousness works. So then you got to just go topsy-turvy, you know, bumping in the walls and knocking over garbage cans, trying to figure it out. You see? So, you know, that's my two cents on it. But, man, it was a great show as usual. You know what I mean? But, hey, intelligent emotions. That don't mean not being emotional and being over-intelligent. 
It just means learning how to regulate the two so that we can find a, a common ground, you know, a common ground. And what you is reminding us of and, and it speaks to um something that Noble mentioned earlier, he was talking about in, in the relationships, these these four sort of uh these four combinations that are possible, my feminine energy relating to a man's masculine energy and vice versa, right? So what what Noble is speaking about is, and, and we talked about this throughout the show, this idea that just because we're talking about Libra today, we're not only talking to the people born between, you know, the, the dates of the sun sign for Libra. We all got a little bit of Libra in us, just as, and every other sign as well, just the same as we all got a little bit of masculine, we all got a little bit of feminine within us. So we got to be very careful not to take these conversations to be um, – not not solely literal, right? God is not solely mm-hmm. masculine. God is not solely feminine. God is not solely anything. God exists somewhere in the middle. So we got to be very careful about taking these conversations literally. Yes, we can have them as literal conversations, but we got to be very clear about when we're talking about masculine and feminine principles, those things exist within all of us. Noble says it all the time. You got your mama and your daddy in you. This is man and this is woman, right? And so sometimes it can be upsetting. And for men, I think more often, right, women are used to, you know, somebody walk into a room, hey, how you guys doing, right? Women are used to sort of being lumped into uh, masculine terminology, guys, you know, hey, you know, what's up, Mm -hmm. guys? You know, women are used to that. Men, not so much the same. And and this is a, a, a consciousness and an understanding, a very mature consciousness that men have to get to. We talked about this last week and how men, a, a part of their job is to learn how to love without agenda. Many men, not all men, right, and, and, and let's be careful, just because me and Noble are saying, you know, men, we're not, we're not saying everything is absolute. Nothing is absolute, right? Many men do not learn how to love without agenda until they have daughters. That is the first love relationship that they, are, that they have where there's, there's no end game. They don't get something out of there. They don't necessarily get their ego stroked out of that particular relationship. Loving unconditionally without agenda. And, and that is not the not only men have to learn that, women have to learn it as well. This is what I just got done talking about as far as, you know, not seeking out these safe relationships. We can do that as women. We can do that as men. We're seeking someone to, to fill these inadequacies and voids within ourselves that ultimately only stroke our egos. At the end of the day, we have to do our own work. And I love what you just said about, this conversation between conscious versus the subconscious. The subconscious represents the the feminine aspect of each and every one of us. The conscious aspect of you is is your masculine aspect. And so as as you were saying that, what I was relating that to is these first six signs. We're talking about our intrapersonal experiences, 
right, the data that we are ultimately feeding into ourselves. We talked about that last week, week in Virgo. Virgo, health is the love that we give to ourselves. So ultimately, the information that we feed to our subconscious minds, which also is, is in a way, it's connected to our hearts, what we believe, subscribe to at this particular level, is the resonance that we send out to the rest of the world and gives the message to say, these are the experiences that I need so that I can do my work. So let's be really clear about that, and thank you for that, Ju, for, for reminding us. This this conversation is not a, a man-woman conversation. Ultimately, it is a human being conversation. None of us are, are even though I may have a vagina, somebody, a, a man has a penis, he is not solely, he should not be duped. We should not be duped into and, and be fooled into believing that our physical Carnation, our physical manifestation as human beings is our soul reality. God exists in the middle. We, God is neither solely male nor solely feminine. God is both. And, and as above, so below. We are, we are the offspring of God. So within that, we too are like God. We have feminine aspects. We have masculine aspects. So everything that, that Noble and I talked about today, everything that you said today, and, and you, thank you, because you, you, you just illustrated that so beautifully. This conversation is a human conversation. Facts, man. 510, I see you. I'm about to come to you. See, you, you said something, Nick, and I, I'm going to say this with this so people can really understand this male-female interchangeability. And in, in, in the law and in, in these sacred arts, and I, I, listen, uh, we, we really get it in in this inner peace joint, especially as we go further. When you look at a woman's vagina, the clit takes on a masculine feature, right? It, it stands up. It, it, it takes on a, a erection through arousal and blood, the same as a penis Fact. does, right? And now, women get blue balls men, like men get blue balls. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, 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 and the man's prostate takes on the feminine form. For men, you know when you get to that point of you horny and it's, it's pre-cum, the white clear liquid come out, that's no different than a woman having the clear liquid of when she's vaginally excited, bro. You, see, you understand that? You really have to understand how you're made. So I just want to add that on because you're, you're absolutely – Correct here. Where we at? Call it from the five one zero three four seven five nine two. You gonna be up next. Five one zero three eight three. What's happening? What's up, y'all? This is Denise. <laughs> What's up, Denise? Hey, hey Denise. <laughs> hey, I am so glad I caught y'all. I haven't been able to get it on the last couple of weeks, but I listen. I'll be like, dang, I want to say something. But <laughs> <laughs> But, um, man, first of all, I just want to say to you guys, to all of you guys and Mr. Ju, thank you so, so much for everything you do. Seriously, because I'm telling you, since I was like seven, I've been thinking about this. And I was like, I know there's somebody else out there thinking, like, more than (laughs) what I'm seeing right now. So it is like, does my heart, like, my heart is sitting here just, like, racing, just, like, filled with just, like, so much excitement for this. Just oh man. So I just wanted to say that, first of all. Thank you. Thank and, you. Yes. And then um Nikki, I wanna tell you what so, I do. Um, okay. <laughs> so 
So a quick update on the last time we talked, right, I was telling you we were laughing about me, you know, popping off in the in the middle, right, and thinking and mm-hmm. the breath not helping me at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, an, so an update, um, I have been using it, and it is. It's getting better and better, right? I'm not 100%, but I am catching myself, right? And uh, and I think about you in my mind <laughs> every time. Oh, no. like, I just wanted to give you that quick update that, um, you know, thank you for that, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Denise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I had a question. Sure, go for it. Uh-huh. Um, so the other day I saw something on YouTube, and they were talking about, and it was like this whole Kabbalah aspect, and they were saying like they were going so deep and bringing things out. But they were talking about how, like, you weren't actually supposed to have sex to have an orgasm. And um, I don't know, I was a little confused with it because it was like you can have children, of course, without having an orgasm, and that's like God is in that, but the sinning from, you know, the the Bible aspect is that there was all this sex going on just for the filling of it. So can you just touch on that a little bit, if you didn't? Because I didn't catch the whole show. Okay. I just want to make sure I I understand the question. So you you said you were doing some Kabbalah reading, and they were talking about how sex is not necessarily for the sake of orgasm? Right, and how actually that don't have an orgasm and you take it to a higher level, that's that's what what, what should be being sought after, not the hmm. orgasm. It, it, it sounds to me, and, and maybe there was a larger, I'm sure there was a larger context, Denise, but it, it sounds like maybe what they were talking about in that specific dialogue was this concept that sex is 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 for the act of creation, right? So yes, we can create children, physical children out of the act of sex and you don't have to have an orgasm in order to get that job done, right? Uh, something that Noble talks about is how in you know, we have to be careful in our love relationships, especially when they start getting into that that dark side of the relationship. We have to be careful not to have angry sex, right? This is a conversation that Noble goes into extensively on some some other lectures. And the reason being is that we have to understand that sex is always creating something, right? So whether we're creating physical, tangible children, right, or we're creating thought bodies, right? So we can create physical bodies through sex or we can create thought bodies through sex. And so we've got to be, I think what it was saying is is that we have to be careful that this is what the act of sex does, right? 
I'm sure other people can relate to the idea of like, oop, you know, I was having sex and oops, I'm pregnant right now, right? And oops, now I got to figure out whether or not I'm going to keep this child and raise it and I understand the implication of the responsibility that comes along with this particular job. Well, we have to be equally as conscious of the the the, the thought children that we produce through if you will, sort of empty sex, right? And men have to be really careful about that. Really careful about that in um, in masturbation, right? This this highly sexualized culture that we live in, um, you know, pornography, um, strip clubs. There 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 are many different avenues that men and women can pursue to sort of get that nut off, and it encourages it, right? But in our in being lost, many of us don't understand that, you know, just because you go grab a towel and, and, and clean that up with a towel, it's, it's not over and done with, right? So there are a lot of men, and, and, and men can become obsessed in this society with masturbation. So what are you doing every time you you come, right? You're creating something within that. So a lot of men are running around trying to figure out why it is they can't get shit done. They they feel, you know, isolated. They feel stuck in this hole. Well, that's the pressure of all of these unseen children that you done created around yourselves that are holding you hostage to whatever space it is that you're in. And the same thing can happen to women. I, I think the um, emphasis is more so on men because our society tends to um, give more credence to uh, male orgasm than it does to female orgasm. So I think what it was really saying is just to be careful about um, and, 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 and be clear in our understanding that we are constantly creating Right, um, and, and like Ju said earlier in, in, in this conversation, it's not just a male-female conversation. It's not just a sexual conversation that we're here, that we're having here at Libra. When we talk about this divine relationship, the first, the, the our our the the priority, the divine relationship that we should have at priority is the union between our physical selves and, and our spirituality. Right, and the question becomes, who is running that relationship? A lot of us are running ass backwards, so our our um, our bodies are in control of our minds, and and we can see it all around us that that is a very dangerous reality. So we've got to be really clear about the fact that we are constantly creating. Right, our out the 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 union between our physical bodies, our minds, and our spirits, if you will, is constantly creating. Something, whether we're talking about the resonance in our hearts that attracts our relationships and our experiences to us, whether we're talking about physically actually creating children, whether we're talking about creating um, mental experiences, right? Um, uh, Ju just got done talking to us about our subconscious minds. Well, that subconscious mind is like the blindfold. It's, it, it is the feminine aspect of yourself. So it is like the blind. She she should be blindfolded and and not um not easily swayed by you know the the physicality of what's going on around her. Well, within that same context, in, in talking about the fact that we're constantly creating, our minds are constantly giving off different various thought bodies that you know go throughout our day with us, go throughout our lives with us. 
and are attracting and holding hands with other thought bodies, right? So a lot of times we try to figure out, well, why did I attract this person into my life? Why did I attract this particular experience? Well, I talked earlier about, you know, those mirror neurons popping up, right? Who we are at the core is what attracts every single individual that comes into our lives, including our parents, including our families. We have to be very clear about the fact we chose to come here. You chose your family. You chose when you wanted to come down here. You just don't remember any of that now. But like I said before, this entire experience is about awakening to your true self. So we've got to be, get very clear and responsible about what it is that we're actually doing in the sexual act, not just the physical sexual act between, you know, two human beings, but also the sexual act that takes place within your mind, right? The relationship between your conscious and your subconscious mind. What you feed to your subconscious mind is directly connected to the experiences that you're going to have in this life, Right? Those are the children that you are creating. Every experience that we have, every individual we come into contact with, we we called for them at some point. We created and 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 asked for at some point in time that particular experience. And we're all just here to wake up to ourselves. We're all just here to discover who it is that we truly are. Oftentimes because it's very difficult for us to actually see ourselves. We need to look at somebody else in order to view a particular concept, a particular characteristic ideology, and then we can assess it within ourselves. Very well put. Very well put. They definitely were dealing with a higher principle here. Um, you know, it's a few things. I think in, 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 in this case, when they're talking, you know, with the male aspect, in the sacred arts, it is said that the soul of the child enters the crown of the father at the time of his ejaculation. There's a difference between ejaculation and orgasm, and I'll explain that in a second. So you ride the spine of the father at the time of ejaculation. You see what I'm saying? Um, which really makes the man feminine because he's opening up a portal, a vortex. Sex is a vortex. Obviously, a whole other human being is about to come through here. It has to be something, okay? So it's a, it's a vortex of energy that's coming through, and at the time of ejaculation, all of our senses, all of our, everything is just exposed. So these negative, at the time of whether a man is masturbating, the, at the time of this opening, these, uh, demonic children and of higher light could be present. If you ever bent down and bend back up and you see these blinking lights, that is the light particle, the messenger particle known as photon, but also known as intelligent light beings that could be of the negative quality. We've all seen those flashing lights. It's also known as prana energy as well. And so these negative energies could sit and they host and jump on your aura, especially at those times. So when Nikki said at the time of coming, which is really going because ain't nothing, well, something else is coming in, but your physical <laughs> thing is going, right? Um, you know, you got to be careful here. Now, here's the key. Ejaculation is what most of us experience. It's that release. 
orgasm is the valley or the peak before the release. It's the uh before it gets there. So what men have to learn is how to – you can have an ejaculation without having an orgasm, and you can have an orgasm without having an ejaculation. See, the thing is this, for men especially, you don't want to lose the thrust, which is the life force energy that's pushing it. You know, when you lose it, then you go limp, and then you got to wait a few minutes, an hour, whatever. You need a little cigarette or do whatever you got to do because the life force energy just left you. You see, but there's a way for the liquid to come out, if it, if it is to come out the first gate, the sexual organ, without you losing the force that's pushing it. So there are several techniques that, that we learn in the inner peace class as we evolve that how to lock that energy in, and like you were saying, Denise, is the goal is to learn how to bring that energy up and learn how to circulate that energy through the spinal cord and then ultimately throughout the body. Prolonged sexual energy actually turns over into what the ancient Asians know as qing, not qi, but qing, sexual essence. It actually turns into the elixir of life. In other words, you start to boil all of the disease and you start to boil all of the impurities out of you when you properly engage this particular act because sex is what? It's hot, it's steamy, it's passionate, right? So the body temperature and everything literally starts to rise. The thing is we have become addicted in the Western Hemisphere to losing life force as if that's the end game, not knowing that it starts to drain the cavities of the bones, not knowing that it starts to drain the cavities of your eye socket, and it just really starts to make you old, and it starts to deplete your energy system, and then you start to die. But you're going to die anyway. It's your choice. But there is a way that you can totally reverse the whole aging process because next week's dialogue, Scorpio, this is the this is this this is the sign of regeneration. How do you become young again? And I'm gonna tell you, this is this is this is perhaps the hardest thing to do in this reality is turn on your Benjamin Button, turn on your fountain of youth inside and show us how you was looking older and then reverse that process. It can be done, but I tell you, you must absolutely have peace and harmony in a lot of areas of your life, if not all of them, to make it happen, but especially in these two domains this week and next week that we're talking about in relationships. So learn that orgasm is the point before ejaculation. Men got to learn how to come off the gas and don't lose the fluid and learn how to live in that point of, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's almost right there. Right there is what you want to get to, and what happens is it starts to build up over and over and over again, and right when you're about to release, it's that ripple effect of a wave that's actually elevating up that Jacob's Ladder, which is your spinal cord of chakras, to get that energy to come up to the brain. But truth be told, too, for real, for real, it's really starting in the brain, and you need to learn how to work it down and basically don't allow the energy to escape. So either way you go, it's an orbit of energy that's circulating up and down the actual spine, all right? Um, man, my man Nambi gone. I thought he was here, but he was here. He must have had to go. Um, but if anybody else, if you got a question, press 1. We take well, one more. But the beer, I'm going to make a comment on that, too. Mm-hmm. One thing Nikki said, too, for the listeners, people have a hard time with that concept about attracting things to you that you may not want to experience. See, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. See, in the craft of astrology, 
we know that certain planets, well, all the planets, and these zodiac signs have multiple keywords, right, mm-hmm. that are indicative of similar experiences on either side of the ledger that can uh, materialize in a multitude of ways. So just because, um, you know, you had a situation with one man that you may not have liked or a situation with one woman where it may have got aggressive or whatever the situation may have been, your train of thought could have been predicated on something similar to that. Not necessarily violent, but something along those same lines, right, of disgruntlement, of anger, right? And we find the host in order to project that back to you. And see, I, we cannot have it both ways, man. It, you, you, you're magnetizing the good and the bad all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And this is why we teach people to be very cognizant of what you're thinking and what you're feeling. You know what I mean? Because other than that, you just become a victim to your own circumstances that you've been creating in the first place. <laughs> and as far as the sexual energy is concerned, a lot of times when you read that type of data, usually what happens is in a lot of these texts, they're, they're talking about raising this kundalini energy up and not ejaculating or releasing the sperm so that you can circulate this energy, etc. But see, let me tell you something. It's another aspect to that. And Apu mentioned that. Uh, as far as top down, see, it, it doesn't always have to be from the lower nature of man, right? You can ascend right out of your skull. And this is what they talking about when the Christ is saying, uh, when he's telling Nicodemus, I think it's in the book of John, where he says, um, a man must be born again from above. And people think that that means, oh, you out of the heaven somewhere. No, the heaven is in your own skull. Hmm. And I've touched on this years ago. The, the feet, you have something called a fornix. The woman has two, one in her, um, in her private area and in her brain. And then a the man has one in his brain, right? But when you, when you look at the medical terminology for that, it literally translates to mean a vault. And what do you hold in vaults? You hold something sacred in vaults. Right, and so we get the sacred feminine, the divine yoni, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, it's it's pointing to that area, but see, you can awaken from out of your skull, right, through some of the techniques that I teach my members, even though I don't get squarely into that particular vein, because I know if they're practicing it, they're going to have those type of experiences anyway as an offshoot. So. A lot of times when you're hearing the information, they're really talking about different stages of enlightenment or holding on to certain uh, energies to reach certain points. But you have an elixir right in your skull that if you're practicing it from the top down, you have to worry about it from the bottom up. See, that's just my two cents on it. That's on, it ain't never, listen, it ain't going down down there. It's all in your brain. Because that's the chemical factory, and we know that from the inner peace aspect. The limbic brain is the chemical factory of the body. You have to make a mental decision to say, I think I'm horny tonight. I'm feeling some type of way. Hey, babe, meet me tonight. And you have, then you have to mentally say, oh, I want it this way. Okay, turn over. I want it. All of this shit is mental. So it is literally taking place from the brain, and you got to understand that. And see, that's why the Kabbalah has this concept of light descending down into the crown. So the only place of ascension is from what the Prime Minister just said. 
it's from your brain. You just gotta learn how to you just gotta learn how to tame that dragon. <laughs> All right. But uh man, this was good, man. This is great. Man, I know this phone what happens on the back end when we go overtime it'll just automatically cut off without no warning when we exceed at that time, which is not telling us. I know we're getting close to that time. But like I said, if you own you're listening to us, man, we thank you. Visit myastrologycoach.com. If you ain't got your email, drop your email off, man. We got a lot of things coming up, such as Vegas, March the 18th. We there, be there, the Imagine Prosperity Workshop. It's on myastrologycoach.com, man. You can get it to it on the events tab and hit retreats. Mark your calendars for March the 12th, doing an online webinar called uh, Cosmic Illusions, just showing you the truth about this reality when it comes to the cosmos. And speaking of that, too, Tomorrow is the Venus retrograde. Venus rules Libra, and I find it so ironic. We own show seven on the eve of the retrograde. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no such thing as a winky dink coincidence, but it's something divine that is taking place in front of you all and whatnot. But um, check it out, man, and uh, mark your calendars for, like I said, the 24th of uh, June and Saturday. We're going to be in Philly doing an appreciation. Mm-hmm. All of our members that's listening, we're giving y'all a gift. Uh, we got some things that's lined up for you. Even if you're not a member of any of our memberships, it don't matter. You're a member of spirit. Come through anyway to be in uh, a positive place and happy vibration. This is just for you. And we made, listen, we made the price like $125 when it come out just so you can make it, all right? And we're going to be there. And food is going to be provided. It's going to be a very nice affair. And uh, promise formal to, too. Man, it's gonna be formal. It's gonna be yeah. formal too. You got to yeah. look. We come nice. with dress to it, dress to impress, ladies. Come with your makeup. I'm designing my own now. Hey, hey, that's right, and fellas, come, come clean. You know what I'm saying? We gonna do it big. We gonna have a great time. And then we got something coming up too in the fall. Equinox, man. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We wild. We wilding out this year, man. We're going to wild out. We're going to wild out. We're going to show y'all what we really got. But, uh, Prime Minister, man, give them something, pass it to Nick, and we out. Man, look, visit the website, theimaginationguru.com. You want to go there. You want to sign up for the membership. Plenty jewels to be dropped. Plenty tools to be used. So you want to get over there and join that membership because people are having life-altering experiences for the better and um you know welcome you to be a part of that outside of that just hey everything he said vegas in a couple weeks uh appreciate him dinner in a couple months um and just stay on the email list and check your emails we got plenty of stuff coming up and going on you definitely want to participate that's all i got man go ahead Nick. Awesome. Um, today was a great show, and we're going to make sure that we get back to y'all and let y'all know when we're going to do part two for Libra. At the very least, Libra is going to require a second installment. Um, and, you know, my 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 announcements uh the same. Uh, catch me on YouTube at Nikki Builder. Um, y'all can also catch me in my day job, NikkiDNovaCollection.BitCartel.com. Um, and I just want to throw one last thing on there. I love what Noble said about how, you know, we can Benjamin Button our realities, right? We can we can go from being old folks to being babies in this game, and that is, that is fact. He also spoke to the, the idea that we can change our blood type, right? Um, we can change our blood type through 
the the faculty of our minds through the way that we choose to think, our subscriptions and our beliefs. And what I spoke to earlier was how, and this is for my ladies, we can change our realities. We can change our relationships simply through the things that we are subscribing to, the things that we choose to believe. And and I and when I heard Noble say the, the Benjamin Button, I was like, yeah, that's what I meant to say right there. I am going to be revealing some information later on, ladies, later on in the series about how we can Benjamin Button our relationships. I've done it. I've seen it happen before, and I know for a fact that that this thing can work. So know it to be true. This this thing that we are operating in, it is not concrete fact. It is an illusion that can be manipulated. It can be changed. And just continue to tune in, family. We're going to show you how to change that program. So we look forward to um, speaking with y'all soon. We'll see y'all next week. Um, make sure y'all stay by y'all emails and stay stay on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio station at Blog Talk for updates about installment two of Libra, because y'all definitely going to want to get that. I think between Noble and I, we got plenty more to say about this particular topic. So thank you again, family. Make sure y'all email us, thezodiaclovers at gmail.com, and we look forward to chatting with and showing and sharing our love and light with y'all soon, family. Peace. Peace.